Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh, it is the holiday season. The sports are just spilling out all over the place. And so are the discussion topics. We're glad to be with you. Fox Sports Radio with Chris Broussard, Mark Willard, and of course, as always, you. 877-99 on Fox is the number. We can't wait to jump in. And get it going with you. R.J. Bell is going to join us in about a half hour. We're also going to be getting ready uh, for a very big NFL game that's going to start right after we're done. So we'll count you down on that. And we actually get to watch another one during our show, which is a first. I don't think you and I have ever sat together and watched an NFL game on our Saturday show before. Oh, no, definitely not. Definitely, Usually college football, you know, maybe some college basketball last year. But NFL football... Nothing like it. I know you're excited. You see, you're watching Troy. Yes. just demolish North Texas. I am. Uh, I am out on all bowl games. I, I don't want to watch any of them. Uh, you, I do this every December. Really, I'm, I'm out on college football. Wake, just the champions. Well, just wake the- me when the playoff starts. But even that, even that, you know, that's an interesting thing. And we're going to get to uh, some LeBron and Lonzo stuff here in just a second. But you know, I'm so disenchanted with the way that college football ends its season. That's been well established on this show. That when uh, you see something like what's come together this year, 
a bunch of guys go into a room and come out and say Alabama's better than Ohio State. As they are. Yeah, well, may, and I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know I, they are. I so, don't. I so, don't. Just, and I'm an Ohio guy. Just admit it, Alabama is better. It's not that I disagree. It, <laughs> my point is, you know, like, it, 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 again, if it's just going to a room and tell us who's better, well, then the Patriots just won the Super Bowl and we can go, go home and save ourselves a bunch of concussions. But that's not the way it works. you got to play. And so I'm so, so, so deeply in favor of a change with the way college football ends its season that even now, especially with the four teams that ended up in, in, in the playoff, you have only one quadrant of America that's even represented all four teams from the South. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not enamored with this. I'm not all that interested. I'm with you. But here's the thing. I mean, you know, I'm just as adamant as you are about there needs to be a change in the system. There's no doubt about it. And this year underscored that point as much as any. You know, I mean, they they just totally made the conference titles irrelevant, Mm -hmm. which you don't want to do, which they said they wouldn't do, and then they did it. However, at what point or is there a point where you just say, okay, this is the system where we have – let me enjoy it. Like, are you just going to be upset, disgruntled, ticked off <laughs> to the point that no. you rob yourself of enjoying no, 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 whatever, no. the system that we do have? No, I never do that. Like, when we get to the playoffs, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm okay. watching. I watched even when they were wrongly on New Year's <laughs> Eve the last couple of years. Yes, I did. You know it, what I mean? Because I'm actually not a New Year's Eve guy anyway. It's amateur hour. It's too Well, expensive. you with your family. I got little kids. Yeah. They're all falling asleep at 8 o'clock. I'll stay home and watch college football. That's fine. I'm glad now it's no longer on New Year's Eve. But, yes, no, I, I, I will watch. I will enjoy. I'm not boycotting. Um, but I'm not going to feign excitement either, especially when Troy— You'll be excited, though, about the four, the final four, not this. I I'm get so it. Put it, yeah, I get it. Yes, yes, but, for instance, when we get to those January weekends, the first week of January, you're going to have the final four in college football, and you're going to have round one of the NFL yep. playoffs. I'll tell you which one excites me more. Oh. I'll tell you, and it isn't close. No, it's I not agree. close. No, so, uh, and I'm not going to feign excitement for Troy in North Texas. Well, I'm I'm, not. I'm with you in that. I mainly don't watch these irrelevant bowl games. I happen to watch the start of the Troy game because <laughs> I just turned the TV on. I needed something on as I That's was right. dressed. Yes, it's Saturday. <laughs> There's got to be some sports on somewhere, exactly. right? But um, I don't do it out of protest like you. I'm just not that interested in the Las Vegas yeah. Bowl or whatever these right, games right. are. Well, especially with uh, the the best player. What is in this the one Las called? Ve- the, well, I don't today? know. What this, the Las Vegas Bowl is today. I think. Yeah, it is. It's this week, but it's, that's, that's right Oregon now. and Boise yeah. State. I couldn't tell you the name of a player. What in is this, this one, Gavin? What, Troy in North Texas. What bowl are we in? What yeah. bowl is Troy? What corporate North sponsor <laughs> are we supposed to mention right now? Um, I don't know. Why couldn't you have made? I mean, it's just so stupid. Why couldn't this be a playoff game? Why couldn't this be a first-round playoff game? I mean, I'd hate you wouldn't go this deep. This is the New Orleans Bowl. New Orleans I Bowl. should know that I'm from Louisiana. But <laughs> if you can have these kids play bowl games, you could have them play a playoff game. Of course game. you can. I mean, come on. Of it's course just, you can. It's the, just uh, the, so The Detroit-North Texas game is the New Orleans Bowl. New Orleans Bowl. Great. And I see, will say this. Let me, let me say this, and I'm not in favor of – the things LeVar Ball has done with his kids, taking okay. them out of UCLA, yeah. taking them out of high school. However, when you n- understand the ridiculousness of the college NCAA, 
then there's a part of you that looks at what he did and say, you know what? He's bucking the system. Like Baron Davis, I saw him on TV today. Like, the system is screwed up. He's trying to do something different. We should applaud. Like, I'm not applauding it, but I would love it if this kind of started a trend of kids, some something not pulling them out of school, but something that would make the NCAA wake up and change. I am totally with you. I am totally with you. For instance, do you remember uh, a few months ago when LaMelo was starting to get involved with the brand and the thought was, oh, my gosh, he's putting his college eligibility yeah. on the line. And I was like, so what? Exactly. This is all a charade, and you don't even know if the one-and-done rule is going to be is going to be there anymore by the time yep. LaMelo gets to UCLA. So that that's all a charade. I was like, yes, I support, I support. And then he yanked him out of high school and sent him to Europe. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't support anymore. That yeah. – that's the most under-discussed point of that entire story is there's Jell-O and there's China and UCLA and suspensions and oh, all of this. The man took a kid out of high school and sent him to Lithuania to play in a racist basketball league <laughs> across the world. Well, the, the, that is the most under-discussed point of this entire story. The amazing thing is how LaMelo is being tutored during the day. Like when he went to that Cleveland. Is he? Was it the Cleveland? No. What game? Well, New York at yeah. Madison Square Garden. Are we being told He spent that, the or? first seven hours of the day being tutored in the hotel. You in saw that? that? <laughs> or you, or you <laughs> read I'm that? I'm just being facetious. Yeah, 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 okay. But the homeschool. <laughs> He's being homeschooled. Yeah, but he, I will say this. If LaVar could somehow how dial it back. Like, if he if he really said, you know what, I'm going to let LaMelo, and I know this isn't going to happen. I'm just saying, because the decision wouldn't be as dumb or as destructive as it may end up being if LaVar Le- just st- stepped back, let LaMelo be coached in Lithuania, uh-huh. let him learn the game over there, for two years, or it, it maybe would be three years with right. the NBA rules as they are right now, and he could enter the draft three years from now as a much better player than he ever would have been staying at Chino Hills and going to UCLA for a year We could maybe do whatever he wanted to do. He would learn how to play the game from men. And look at the way these Europeans come over here. Not yeah, that yeah. they're all in, ready. They don't end they're, up. A lot of them don't end up being great because they may not have the physical ability. Right, but the ones but they that know are, the game and exactly. The, the ones that are like Porzingis is the most recent example. Markinen, like I mean, boom, even he ready to ready to play yes, right away. Yes, like and, red, and, like Porzingis from day one was like, oh, that's an NBA really good no player. Quite. You will agree that if Lamelo could go, just like I mean, they got sixteen year olds over there from Lithuania, sure. that learn the game. If he went over there and learned the game for the next three years, was humbled, probably wouldn't even play a lot this year in a real yep. situation. But he becomes better. He 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 could it could really benefit. Him. Unfortunately, it seems to me that this is nothing about basketball. It's all about money. It's on the, it's money for the Lithuanian team. That's why they're signing the balls because that team is about to go belly up. And uh, and it seems but they're to be, only getting like five hundred dollars. I know, a week but not that. But but, but the European European branding, pop up shops, yada yada yada. That to me is what uh, this is all about. So, uh, by the way, while we're on the subject of all things ball family, uh, Willard Broussard, glad you're with us, and you can weigh in on this for sure. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Um, what is your take 
on the buzz that got started. This is one of those things that probably was actually rather small in the real world, but it still breaks the internet. It's kind of like if Kim Kardashian and Katy Perry bump into one another at a mall, like, so what? But the internet breaks. Yes. Yeah. So when LeBron James speaks to Lonzo Ball, like, okay, it was 42 seconds. It's the elder statesman and the new guy. There's clearly, I'm sure, a lot to be said. LeBron is that type of guy, likes to bring people under his wing. But the internet breaks. The internet goes crazy because it is the two most discussed NBA basketball players in the world. So uh, all of the sudden, just by virtue of that discussion and this matchup, which just happened to be on the schedule, it has rekindled all of the discussion about these two guys, where LeBron James might end up next year. Well, one thing you realize, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. And when you don't know what's going on, or you you aren't even close to knowing what's going on, you don't know any of the people involved, you can look at what happened that night and just speculate all you want. (laughs) Ignorance is bliss. Like, you can say anything (laughs) you want. When you don't deal with the players, you don't talk to people around them, you can just make let your imagination run wild. Oh, look, LeBron's telling him he's coming to L.A. next year. No, I mean, just saying hi. Like the truth is not, is much more tame than, yes. than what Twitter would have you believe. Uh, you're right. That is how LeBron is. I remember seeing Kevin Durant in the Cavaliers locker room in Washington D.C. at the Wizards facility or their arena. Uh, I don't know if Durant was in high school or college, but he wasn't in the NBA yet. That was at LeBron's request. Come on in, mm-hmm. talk to him, give him some encouragement. Hung out after the game. I know. I know Durant hung out with Maverick Carter and some of LeBron's guys. So that's what they do. Chris Paul brought him under his wing. Ben Simmons. We know. We heard the stories about telling Ben he could be better than LeBron one day. Like that's just who LeBron is. That was not phony. That wasn't for the cameras. That was just him being who he typically is. Um, as far as him going to the Lakers, first of all. <laughs> I want to hear this from you because you used to be, I know you're off it now, but you were totally in the camp of he's going to the Lakers next year, right? I I was. Okay. I was. Why? I I want to know why LeBron should go to the Lakers next year or or, or should have gone to the Lakers at one time. What's the logic? What I did think, I mean, this was before the season even started. I thought Brandon Ingram was going to come out and look like a star, and at times he has this year, but uh, at times he also hasn't. I thought he would look a little bit more established. Um, while I am still very bullish on Lonzo Ball, the future NBA basketball player, I thought there might be something that was a little bit more immediately dynamic uh, from <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> from uh, from him. <clears throat> Sorry, bless you. Uh, <clears throat> You might need to take it for a second. Hang on. <laughs> okay. He thought uh, there was something dynamic immediately about Lonzo. Like he, I'm speaking as Mark Willard right now. I thought Lonzo was going to be the best point guard in history. I totally believed every single thing well, Magic said. He was going to rewrite the Lakers' record books. He was should have been, you know, the number no, one pick, let I, alone number two. I mean, best player. You know, he was going to no. challenge Jordan. It none of those things, but. <laughs> LeBron purchases a home here. Does LeBron want to be here? Does he see Paul George coming here? The funny thing is, I thought everybody jumped ship. And then 
The Lakers play sort of well in Cleveland, and suddenly this week a bunch of people are back on the wagon. They're suddenly back on the wagon, and I even saw our buddy Jay Mack, Jason McIntyre, was like watching the game. You talk about ignorance is bliss. He's watching the game, (laughs) and he goes, you all tell me that Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram, LeBron, and Paul George isn't at minimum going to the Western Conference Finals next year if they were all together. And I thought to myself, hell no, they're not going to the Western Conference Finals next year. So the, I wouldn't say it that strongly. I this, think they could because well, LeBron's that good. So that's my and question. So is George. I want to ask you that next. If that team were to come together, let's go ahead and play fantasy team for a second. If that were to come together, are you buying or selling that team immediately next year as a championship contender? Y'all can weigh on in this uh, as well. 877-99 on Fox is the number. Willard Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. Y'all just missed me rapping. I, my I, mic wasn't I, I didn't. I it was, was amazing. It. Sounded exactly <laughs> yeah. like Curtis Blow. I was like, exactly. I was like, that's you. <laughs> I didn't know you sang this. I remember this, boy. Oh, come this on, is 1979 man. or right? something like that. 1980. Um, 1980. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Also, love has an army. You can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight. For those in need all over the community, our community, this Christmas, by going to foxsportsradio.com, clicking the red kettle icon to donate, or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN, S-A-L-J-O-I-N, R.J. Bell, in about eight minutes. Um, pregame.com will get the Vegas insight, uh, especially on this game coming up later tonight. This 5:30 Chargers-Chiefs game has had an interesting ride in Vegas this week since that one opened up. So we'll talk about that coming up in a few. 877-99 on Fox. Buy or sell uh, this as a contender in the West immediately next year. LeBron, Paul George, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram. Here's LeBron after talking to Lonzo and playing against Lonzo on the court after the game this week. We saw you had a moment with Lonzo there. What did you have to say to him? Uh, I didn't tell him anything. I didn't tell him anything. It's not for everybody. There's enough noise out there already with Zoe, and uh, it's not for me to discuss. Uh, but, you know, he has a bright future, like I said the other day in my quotes. And, uh, you know, they got a bunch of young guys, and they don't stop running, I'll tell you that. So it's a good win for us. Uh, LeBron being very protective of Lonzo Ball, which I think comes off well. You don't see superstars act like that with those that are coming up very often in any sport. Here's what Lonzo had to say. I noticed LeBron grabbed you after the game on the court. What did he say to you? He didn't tell me anything. Just said good game and... Kind of slapped hands, that's it. Nothing. Do you notice the first sentence out of both of their mouths was the exact same sentence? Yep. And LeBron didn't say, say these words. No. Well, <laughs> except for what LeBron did say, because didn't someone on Reddit find it? He said, don't, don't, tell, him don't tell him anything. So they're, the first sentence, LeBron's like, I didn't tell him anything. And Lonzo's like, he didn't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> It's now so I know great. you're going to read into that. Look at Nick. No, Nick's I'm reading not, into that. I'm not reading into that. Oh, I'm he's not coming. Re- he's coming. He's Hashtag back. future. I'm not later. even going to tell you what Nick said to me during the break because it would embarrass him. Uh, what did uh, somebody, His theory on how what this is somebody, going to propel Lonzo <laughs> toward the All-Star game. Oh, really? Not that far. Yeah, he can be in the Futures game. Do they still play that thing? They do. Okay, he good. will be in yeah, the Futures game. Yeah, he'll be game. in that for He will sure. be in the Futures game. Um, you know, there's no way that that team, this the, this fake team that we're building, next year beats the Rockets and the Warriors. 
And there's a very clear reason why. This is not a shot at any particular player that we're talking about. But as you know, NBA teams that come together as new mixes take time, especially when there's youth involved. And what I've come, what what really kind of changed my mind on all this is seeing how, while talented, young at times, Lonzo and Ingram have looked this year. And I'm like, when in LeBron's life has he ever signed up for that? When has he signed up to play alongside babies? He's never done it. In fact, he's traded babies for veterans. Well, has he? Wiggins for love. Okay. Kyrie was relatively young, though. But established. How old was Kyrie? Established. He was established, but he was, he was young. Right. He was maybe in his fourth year or something like that. And, and you know, Miami. Miami, when he went there, Obviously it, was, it was right. Veterans and then even the people he, that were brought in on all the one-year minimum deals. Veterans. I mean, borderline guys who are freaking old. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you on that point. What I disagree with you on is that that team with LeBron, Paul George, Ingram, all the youngsters that the Lakers have, would not be a contender. Oh, they'd be a contender. Right away? I mean, Le- LeBron could go to you – know, they'd have a few months of, you know, mediocre play. And they're going to be But the come toward – not necessarily, okay. but a contender? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Any team uh, – uh, LeBron could go to the Jazz next year. And they're a contender. Wait a minute. A contender suggests to me like a team that you look at middle of the season and go, yeah, they might win the whole thing. Well, then there would really only be last year one contender. No. I mean, the Cavaliers, you didn't know. Nobody thought Cleveland was going to beat Golden State last year. It's not about do you think they're going to beat Golden State. It's like can they be on the level? Like like they're they're a, they're a team that is going to or could make the NBA Finals. Well, because the East is so weak. Well, okay, but even even so, take it to the West. Take that argument to the West. If Cleveland was in the West, you'd be like, That's so a is San Antonio a contender? Um. I would say yes, but it's a speculative. You don't yes. think they can win, but yeah, you think they're well, a contender. A, they are speculative. West, uh, speculative, yes, because uh, we haven't even seen them this year. But in, entering entering Houston. this season, Houston, yes, contender. now, yeah, contender. But, but entering this season, by your definition, who was a contender in the West? Golden State, San Antonio, possibly, okay, possibly Houston. But did possibly, you really possibly who else? Oklahoma City? Did you really think any of those other three teams had a chance to beat Golden See, but it's State? Not, like a legitimate chance. Not, I don't think not so. Not really, but I, I never thought. So I'm just saying I don't think that defines a contender. But that's my prediction. Did you think that the Dolphins had any chance of beating the Patriots on Monday? But it's different like in basketball. It it's, but it's different in basketball. I mean, you know in a seven-game series the better team is going to win. I'm, my point is just that if the definition of a contender is is you actually think they may win the championship, then, man, the list is very small. I think that would be only three teams, Cleveland, Golden State, and Houston. Boston. And I don't really – I don't think Boston has any shot. I do think – They could be Cleveland. I, I guess – I don't think they can. I don't either, but they could. Well, it's not I mean, about I could what, walk out here and, and, and <laughs> no, but, no, but get I give. 10 inches on my vertical jump and no, dunk. I really only need about two to dunk. Look at you. I need, two more. I need like 40. <laughs> I need 40. If you got 40 no, left I, over. Realistically, so what I'm saying is to me, a contender 
is elite. I don't even think they're an would... elite team. And here's the teams I would say right now, okay. in reality, are elite. Cleveland, I'll say Boston, even though they can't beat Cleveland in the playoffs. They're, I'll call them elite. Golden State, Houston, San Antonio. Those are the elite teams in the league. I agree with that. And if LeBron and Paul George went to the Lakers, with a bunch they of, would be elite. It's LeBron freaking James. How, Can I get the LeBron James? LeBron, okay. It's LeBron James. It is. I mean, when, LeBron James. Since he's reached his prime, look at the team he had in Cleveland. Sasha Pavlovich. Uh, Zydrunas Ilgowskis. Anderson Varejao. That was a different NBA. That was a different NBA. There was, How was it? it wasn't good? It was just as good. There weren't super teams. There weren't super teams yet. You got to beat a Gold, super team now. He beat he beat the Detroit Pistons Not a super of team. Rasheed Wallace, who was a number one talent, yeah. Hall of Fame talent, Chauncey Billups, who will be in the Hall of Fame most likely, Rip Hamilton, who was perennial All Star, Ben Wallace, two time what three time defensive player. I mean, excellent, that's a excellent team. That's a heck of a team. Not a super team. I, by Not your a definition, team. Not a Shaq super team. and Wade were were they still together? I'm not sure if Shaq and Wade were together. Well, that team beat Shaq and Kobe when they were still together. They broke them the, up. The San Antonio was a I super team. I mean, they ran through Cleveland, but they were a super team. Not they like, had three Hall of Famers. Not like not like we see now. Not hold like, on, I, not, that, that Spurs team couldn't have competed with any of these teams. I'm, what my point is is you don't that then that was a super team, not compared to what we see now. The yes, firepower coming Tim off of these Duncan super teams. Tim Duncan in his prime, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili in their prime. That's not a super team. These Warriors would have crushed. Them. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it! <laughs> All right, let's get stop to, it. R.J. Bell is a minute away. David Gascon is a second away. Let's get him in here right now. Uh, the Bears and Lions about to kick off. Dave, what's going on? Yes, sir. The sleek new uniforms for the Detroit Lions. They look, so they look, oh, they look great. Chris, look at those. <laughs> Tell me those I aren't do tight. Like them. I oh, do they like look them. good. They should wear those every week. For those that don't have the those capability of Mark having a 50-inch television in front of him, they got gray jerseys on with some blue lining around the numbers and also the letters as well. Detroit's got the football game just started as well from Detroit. Meanwhile, the bowl season continues. Boise State taking on Oregon, the Las Vegas Bowl. Boise State, they've got the ball at the one. Second and goal. Ripping lateral pass to Wolpen, and he's in. He gets in. Wolpen lands in the end zone, and Boise State scores first, and Boise State leads it 6 nothing. Mark, I'm kind of like you on this. Bull season's over with, at least for Oregon. They're down 14-0 right yep. now. Troy yep. leading North Texas 43-23. Georgia State on top of Western Kentucky 13-10. Switching over quickly to the NBA. Jazz big man Rudy Gobert's out a month with a PCL strain. Meanwhile, in the NFL, going back to the Detroit-Chicago game, that game just kicked off. Later on tonight, you get Chargers and Chiefs. Tevin Coleman out of Monday Night Football. Seahawks might be without Bobby Wagner. He's going to be a game-time decision against the L.A. Rams because of a hamstring issue as well. In Major League Baseball, Yankees grab CeCe Sabathia for one more year worth $10 million. Dodgers announced a trade. They made one bringing back Matt Kemp in exchange for Scott Casimir, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon McCarthy, and also Charlie Culberson. Fellas? All right, good stuff. That was a wacky trade, right? It's like, here, I'm going to put everything we don't want in a bucket, and you give us everything you don't want in a bucket, and we'll switch buckets. That's kind of what that trade was between the Dodgers and Braves. Uh, we're now live, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We love doing this every single Saturday at this time. It's none other than the great R.J. Bell. Pregame.com. 
And, of course, straight out of Vegas on Friday and Saturday nights right here on Fox Sports Radio. RJ, happy holidays. How we doing, my man? Good, good. Uh, recovering from the flu. It, oh. would, it would have stopped most people. Barely <laughs> slowed. Ba- right through, baby. Well, right I'll tell through. you I'm what. Impressed. I'm a bright side thinker. You got your flu out of the way on December 15th, 16th. That's really good work. Now you're set to go for December 25th. Or maybe we could just skip it one year. Yeah, that would be fine, too. What you're not telling us is that you're in your bed underneath the covers with a hot toddy next to you, and (laughs) you're on the phone. I've been there. I've been there. Let's just say this. It is cough drops and Coke Zero. Oh, just swish it around. That's the name of your first album. That's what does it, huh? (laughs) That could be the name of an album. That'd be a hip name. Cough drops and Coke Zero. I like it. (laughs) All right, RJ, uh, I'm really interested in this game tonight. Chiefs and Chargers, it's a big game, of course, but I'm also interested in the Vegas perspective, right? Because it opens up as Chiefs minus one. It immediately fires up to Chargers minus two, then settles back down to Chargers minus one. So what took place there during the week, and uh, and what's the sharp side on that one? I love, love, love Kansas City here. One of my five or so best bets of the season. Now Mm. let's make sure we make this clear. That's still going to lose well over 40% of the time. There are no short things. Be careful. But I do like this one. Here's why. I think you got the Chargers team. Is everyone's ahead of the narrative? The narrative is, oh, they're better than their record. I accept that. It's true. They've lost. They lost a lot of close games early in the year. Those are coin flips. Thus, they're better than the record. But how much better than the record? Right. And then if you look at the other side, Kansas City, they started out five and oh, then they met the Steelers, played really horribly since. But check this out. Since Andy Reid quit calling the plays two games ago, the offense has been better than any time during the year. Even when they lost the Chiefs against the Jets, they averaged over 10 yards per play on offense. Think about that. You're gaining a standard first down every time you snap the ball on average and Then last week they played really well against Oakland. So I think that if it was just a random two games, you could say, huh, it's not enough data points to be sure. But when you have a fundamental change, like who's calling the plays, and then Kansas City plays so much better on offense, and now their defense is probably playing as well as any time during the year. I think KC right now is playing as well as any time during the year, and they're getting points at home during a night game against the (laughs) 7-16. and Value, value, value. I can't believe you use the Jets as a barometer to say they're playing great football. No, I'm saying and they that, lost to the Jets. They didn't even beat them, right? <laughs> well, but but Chris, that's actually the point. you've been having too much Coke Zero. No, man. no, 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 no. That's actually the point. Is most people, and I'm not saying it's you. I'm not being critical, <laughs> but most people just look at the score and let that dictate. But we all know scores can be deceiving. One of the things we do on the nighttime show is we have faulty finals. What final isn't what it seems? Because finding those games that are deceiving, that's how you actually can get value. Kansas City should have won that game. They didn't. If they had won that game, there'd be a sense, oh, look, they're on a streak now. Instead, no one's talking about it, but they should be. All right, he just sunned me. He he? did. I, I let he RJ did. sun me. He's the man. I let him sun me. <laughs> All right, RJ, speaking of teams that are better than their record, I mean, Green Bay is just because they're getting Aaron Rodgers back. What do you think about this game with Carolina? Yeah, great game to kind of break down how wise guys think about NFL handicapping. Because let's assume two possibilities here. One is 
Aaron Rodgers is 100% physically and there's no rust. And the second possibility is he's less than 100% physically and or there's some rust, right? So he's less than 100% net-net. Okay, what would the line be? And let me pose it to you two, whoever has an opinion. If we knew Rodgers was 100%, wouldn't we agree two and a half for Carolina is a pretty decent line? Three is the typical home field advantage. Green Bay would be a little bit better with the healthy Rodgers. Does that sound right? Yeah, I, f- yeah, I feel like I it does, yes. I agree. Now, if Rodgers isn't healthy or 100% or if he's rusty, it would seem above two and a half makes sense, right? Maybe it's three and a half, four. So in a way, we're getting what we call a free roll here. Whatever the percentage chance of him not being 100% is our edge if you lay two and a half with Carolina. And I think that's the right side here because in some cases, it will be a 50-50 bet if Rodgers is healthy. And in the cases he's not, that it ends up being far better than 50-50. Thus, net-net, it's better than 50-50. Thus, I think the value is on Carolina. But it's got to be less than three. So two and a half or so, I like Carolina. Interesting stuff. R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas, Friday and Saturdays, Fox Sports Radio. Um, what about that Patriots-Steelers game? I think a lot of people sit there and go, my gosh, the Steelers, as good as they are, and they can get points at home. And obviously, everyone's memory is short, so they remember the last time we saw the Patriots. They didn't look very good. I always look at that and go, you know, there's a reason Vegas made the number what they made it. So where's the value on this game? So Colin and I do a podcast every – it comes out Saturday morning where we look at his Blazing Five, and then we give a thumbs up or thumbs down from the sharp, wise guy perspective. By the way, this is amazing. We're 31 and 9 when there's agreement. 31 and 9. That that's kind of a once in a lifetime. We might as well enjoy that one now. Is and we talked about this concept with this game specifically, which is the idea of Pittsburgh and this line not making sense unless you think the the scheme of Belichick and Brady just as dominant against Pittsburgh. And historically, it has been. Tomlin's Steelers against Brady and Belichick, Brady has 22 touchdown passes, zero interceptions. Mm. So if that's the case, this line makes a ton of sense, right? If you say, yeah, but that's been a while, you know, it was, you know, Butler wasn't the D.C. for all those games. Obviously, Pittsburgh's going to change your approach. If you have any caveat to that domination, then this line doesn't make sense because think about it. If you're a three-point road favor, you'd be six points on a neutral and nine points in New England. If this game were in New England and it's the one and two seeds in the, the, the uh, league right. playing, right. And you, would, you would say nine? No, you would not. Well, that's the same thing as three on the road. So you've just, for those who want to bet this game, ask yourself, do you believe Brady and Belichick will continue to dominate because of their history of dominating Pittsburgh? If so, then you can lay it. Otherwise, value is on Pittsburgh. Interesting stuff. Hey, uh, RJ, great to have you as always. Love doing this every Saturday. Thanks so much and feel better. Hey, guys, I, I, I feel the same way. Thank you. Later. There he goes, R.J. Bell, pregame.com, straight out of Vegas, Friday and Saturday nights, right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, we continue, 877-99 on Fox is the number. And, uh, oh, we're being told there is a very special surprise guest coming oh, up. I can't wait. I, th- I know on. what it is. I can't you do? Wait. Yeah. Can't wait. I think I know. Okay, that's next. I can't Fo- wait. Fox Sports Radio. I mean, 
It's the first great rap song of all time, right? Second. Second. It was after Rapper's Delight, I believe. Okay. Okay. Rapper's Delight. All right. But cl- I'll go with second. that. It's yeah, it close, right? Yeah. All right. Right there. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Mark Willard, Chris Broussard. We got a surprise guest uh, coming up. At least uh, a bunch of people here in the room have their fingers crossed. So uh, <laughs> we, we'll see. Uh, but we were getting into uh, LeBron and Lonzo. And um, I saw a lot of people. You know, I thought everybody had given up on the idea of LeBron to the Lakers. And then one game, and Lonzo looks kind of nice. He had a good road trip. And then also it's like, oh, wait a minute. And then they're talking, they're talking after the game. Hey, maybe. So I'm like, come on. But uh, I saw a few people say LeBron, Paul George, and those three pups, Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball, you telling me that's not a great team? It's a very good team. It's a playoff team. Is it a team that would make the conference finals or the finals? In my opinion, early on, no way. Like there's gel time. I can't believe you're LeBron saying LeBron has never played with pups in his life. He's never. Wait, yeah, he played with Pups in well, Cleveland, when and he they was, were great. Okay, wait, when he was one. <laughs> outside of that, no. He led Cleveland to 66 wins and 61 wins with not much help. Right. That's how good he is. They weren't Pups. I, I'm not saying they Larry would definitely. The, they weren't Pups. I'm not saying they would definitely make the conference finals in the West, but they would be in the same class. Golden State would be the favorite, or if Houston wins it this year, they would be the favorite. But they would be in the same class with Houston and San Antonio. There is no doubt. Right away? Right away. I mean, they'd have a few weeks, maybe a few months of struggle, but that's it. Ton of doubt. Come playoff time, they would be awesome. Now, would they beat Golden State? I I don't know. Doubtful, but I'd get much. With LeBron James still in his prime, some people, I don't agree. Some people think he's playing the best ball of his career. Paul George in his prime. Larry Nance is a very good role player. Kyle Kuzma can shoot it, can score. Lonzo would be okay. I mean, I wouldn't need a ton from the role players. I just don't. That's two superstars. I get it. I get it. One superstar. Like, how could they not be be ready to compete? They could be the four of the five seed. He's never played with second year. Four or five seed. They've never played second year players in his life. Yes. You act like he ain't good enough to do it. He's good enough to play with second year players. But not good enough to beat the Rockets and the Warriors. Yeah, I'd put the Spurs. Good enough to be in the class of those teams. And if you're the fourth seed in the West, that could be one game. That That could be the second seed could have 59 wins, and the fourth seed could have 57. Could I mean, be. it ain't much of a difference. Could be. I'm just saying, they would be elite. They would be right there with anybody else in the league. They would be as good, if not better, probably as good as Cleveland is right now. Let's go to David in Washington. David, thank you for calling. What's going on, man? Hey, good afternoon, you guys. Yeah, what's happening? Show. Appreciate thank it. You. Hey, Chris, I hate to break your bubble here, Uh-oh. but there's no way Chris Paul – is ever getting to an NBA final with his style of play. Ooh. Golden State Golden State will run that guy to death. That's that's slow moving, low scoring type of style and and I grew up loving it, but there's just no way that Chris Paul had led team. Have you watched Houston though? They don't play that way. He's not playing well, slow down and all that. It's going to slow down when they get towards the I think once they get out of the regular season, it's going to slow down a little bit. If, if and, it does, that'll be to his strength. They're, right yeah, now, they're one of the top five 
offenses of all time <laughs> in offensive rating. Oh, Them and their, Golden State. What's their record when he plays a full game this 13 year? 13-0. Oh. oh, that's right. They haven't <laughs> lost. I thought that was I what mean, it was. Look, I mean, look, hey, I, I'm with you. Like, David, I, I still have Golden State favorite, but to say Houston doesn't have a shot, no. They, they got a shot. I'm, yeah. I'm giving them about a 35% shot right now to beat Golden State. Big number. That's a big number. David, thanks. I tell you, there's one big thing that makes me agree with you, and then there's one big question that hovers around in my mind. Uh, The one big thing that makes me agree with you is this. I have always, in watching sports, felt like a big weapon is desire, right? I've always likened it to this. No matter how hungry you are, let's say you're on a long road trip, can't find a restaurant. No matter how many hours it's been since you've eaten, you're not hungrier than the homeless guy. Okay? They want it more because it is survival. It is something they don't readily have. That's what the Golden State Warriors are fighting right now. Okay? Everybody else, and Chris Paul, James Harden, the stars of that team, they've never been there. They, you know, Chris has never even been to a conference final. How does the team that has proven everything, has multiple rings, answered every question, how do they want it as much as somebody else? They don't. That's their weapon. Here's the big question I have in my mind. Maybe you can answer it. Mike D'Antoni in the NBA Finals. It just, I can't wrap my head around it. Really? I can't wrap my head around it. I can. Why? <laughs> He's a great coach when but, he has when he's in the right situation. But you got to defend. He's a one-trick pony. But you got to defend. They're defending now. They're the fifth tie for the fifth best defense okay. in the league. So if that continues, then and I agree with you. And here's the thing: they didn't just. I mean, they added three very good defenders: Chris Paul, Luke Baamute, PJ Tucker, and you still have Trevor Ariza, yep. good defender. Yep. Clint Capella can protect the rim. Even Harden's not a good defender. But if you look at his defense at plus minus, it's gone from 63 last year to 27 this year among point guards. He's trying. Yeah, he's, he's trying. trying. He's like, trying. They, yeah. they are playing defense. I, I definitely can see. Here are the two questions. And how much time do we have? Yeah, about 40 seconds. Okay, here are the two questions I have about Houston. One, Dan Tony. His lack of attention to detail yep. has been a problem in the playoffs in the past. Uh, a missed rotation, uh, a turnover here, a missed assignment, players getting off the bench during a scrum, getting suspended. Like those little things have come into play, and that could be big. Secondly, Harden and Chris Paul have had their struggles, to put it lightly, in the clutch. Yes. So, how are they? Will they embolden one another together? And play better down the stretch? Those are my questions. Okay, calls on that next, 877-99 on Fox, plus the biggest story, not just in sports, the world right now must be discussed. All right, it's an NFL Saturday. The Detroit Lions right now are up 3 nothing and on the move again, and it's all the uniforms, Chris. All the uniforms. You think so, huh? Yeah, they got the Honolulu blue stripe on the helmet still, but outside of that, they look like they're wearing the gray color rush jerseys. I love it. I like it. The more I look at it, the less I love it. Really? <laughs> well, stop looking at it then. <laughs> I mean, they're okay for, you know, every once in a while, but they're kind of bland. No, nah, I dig them. I dig them. Um, they're not silver. They're gray. There's no stripe on the pants. No, got stripe on the shoulder, though. 
The, sh- the I like the shirts are tight. Yeah, the yeah. shirts are tight. I just they need a stripe yeah. on the pants. Um, I think that's all. Look, I think they look good. Well, we're live. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. There's also this super duper under the radar note with regard to the Chargers Chiefs game later today. This is the kind of stuff that fans don't necessarily look at a lot because there there is no obvious fantasy implication here. But if you're interested in this football game, which has major playoff implications, uh, I can tell you one of the big reasons the Chargers have been playing well on defense the last month and a half is a guy by the name of Casey Hayward. He might be the best cornerback in football. They're the only team that has not given up a 100-yard receiver the whole year. He's up there. And that's their guy. Now, Casey Hayward missed practice Thursday which is equivalent to missing practice on a Friday for everyone else because they played Saturday. So they're we're talking count- about they're, practice. Yeah, we're t- we are talking about practice. Look at you dropping inside info, so Check too. this out. This is what <laughs> happened. He's got a calf injury. He's been dealing with it for a month. He shows up at practice Thursday, and it had migrated to his Achilles, so they held him out. But publicly, they stated, we're expecting him to play. Okay. But it's been totally silent since then. There was no, we woke up this morning, yep, we're good, Casey Hayward's going to play. Something just broke about 45 minutes ago. The Chargers have signed former Charger cornerback Craig Mager back to their active roster for tonight's game. Never heard of him. Still no word on Casey <laughs> Hayward. But oh, yes, this, might, this, might, this is it's one of two things. Hayward's either not playing or they're concerned that he's going to go out there and, and, and come up lame. And this is the guy that's guarding Tyreek Hill tonight now, fastest man well, in, on the planet. Trying to guard right. Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I, I mean, look, and, and you're right. Hayward is a great – turning into a great cornerback. Yes, yes. Led the NFL in interceptions last yep. year. But if you're damaged goods, if you're not 100%, or if you're not playing, and what was the guy's name, Craig? Craig he's Mager. Playing. Craig Mager's Craig, yeah, playing. Some guy named Craig. And I don't th- know that he'll be playing. I guess the, who's the second stringer? Whoever uh, that a, is. It's a rookie. Okay. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Must win. My, well. Huge game. Well, essentially for Kansas City. It, it, essentially. It, both of them are, they have a pulse. Yeah, there could be all types of other crazy, right. strange they things have a that wild happen card. if they lost. They have a wild card pulse, and actually they still have a divisional pulse if either for either one of them if they lose, but it's not yeah. good. It's not good. Big game, need yes. to win. Alex Smith need to have a big win. Yep. Tyreek Hill, I, if that's the situation in the Chargers backfield, defensive backfield, then Tyreek Hill might go berserk. Berserk. And uh, Craig, wow. Mager. I wonder what he's been doing <laughs> since he retired or got cut. He didn't retire. I mean, he was on the team last year. <laughs> You know, I'm sure he's been getting his exercise. I I, I don't know. He better. Have I don't know. Wow. I don't know if he was even just on their practice squad or whatever. I gotta get to whatever, a game at StubHub. Tell you what. Have you been to one? I have. And it I is, heard it is tremendous. It's fascinating. It's two. There's two. Uh, there's two things, and they are polar opposites of one another. So, if you are a fan that has kind of nothing, no attachment at all to this relocation story as it took place over the last year and a half, it is. The single best viewing experience the NFL has ever had to offer in the history of the game, <laughs> to my knowledge. 
Wow. You are in this. You just said a mouthful. Listen, I've only been alive for 42 years. I've only been going to NFL games for 30. But I'm telling you, man, the sight lines, the size of the stadium, everything is right there. The stadium is brand new. The food's insane. Like, that all is great. Now, here's the flip side. It's equally embarrassing for the Chargers, the NFL, and anybody who has any sense of what has taken place with relocation. Um, It is almost always filled with road fans. Um, But is it filled? Ish. So, no, that's a no. I mean, it's filled, yes. Like, there's they they open up 25,500 seats. Most of those seats are sold, but there's a lot of milling around. There's people up in the food areas because there's these, like, little, you know, just kind of sitting areas where you can just hang out. And have, like, Do you get the sense, you know, you've been to games where it's so – there's so many open seats that you just feel like I'm in an empty stadium. No, you don't get that feeling, but you do get the feeling like this is an NFL game. You know, well, the like, Rams got some issues too. They so, do, you know, they I, do, and and both of them are in their temporary situation, and we get it. But that whole like that that pulse of an NFL game, that energy. I've been to an Eagle Cowboy game in Philly. I've been to a Packers home game. That energy, totally absent. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's just like. There's no, is it loud? People, is it, nah, it, it, it really? It's nah. not. Really? You're just hanging like, you know, football game. And now there's this competing thing. Like the Charger fans that are there get upset when the road crowd gets loud. And so they start trying to get loud. But, but there's they're only, outnumbered. There's by only like 10,000 of everybody. <laughs> there's 10,000 Charger fans. There's 10,000 people who are on vacation. Wow. There's other people who are like, where are the nachos? Well, do you it's think, bizarre. Do you think that. Is that the future of NFL stadiums? Well, though? not the lack of energy, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. small it should arena. Be. Is it not not that f- stadium? Small. Not not that small, but small. So you think even in the future, when everybody wants to watch their fantasy stats, and that they'll still be bigger than thirty thousand? I think forty field. or fifty is right. The the days of the seventy and the eighty should be over. Unfortunately, right down the road from their temporary stadium, a eighty thousand seat stadium is being built. <laughs> Um, I don't think it makes sense anymore, and that's not just an L.A. thing. I just think that that's, that's not going to be uh, the way NFL fans consume in the future. You look at falling ratings, and a lot of it has to do with the way we all operate now. We watch and consume in different oh, yeah. ways. We move quicker. And I think every year the reasons to go to a game become fewer. Yes, it's especially more, it's, with the cost. Yes, it's too expensive. Uh, HD... Flat screen TVs are too good. The couch is too comfortable. The bathroom is too close. Yep. And the refrigerator is too close. And all of those you got things. friends that can come over. Yeah, and it's, and it's, you're, yeah. you've got your, your satellite. Like, I can watch all the other games and not miss everything. That's the way an NFL fan in 2017, that's the majority of the fans, the way they want to do it now. Yeah. But it could be a good thing in that, I mean, imagine if StubHub was packed. And there was energy. And that's what it would be it in would most. Be, it'd be really fun. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It, it will be that in most places. Yes. If you made smaller stadiums, um, it, it could be it could be great. Obviously, the bottom line for the NFL could be affected. That's a lot of dollars. But, yeah, yeah. it's a huge amount of dollars. A lot of dollars. But, so, um, you know, I mean, that's why they could make it. could be great every, for the vans. Yeah, absolutely. But that's why they make everything up front now. When you buy, you got to, oh, PSL, and you got to buy for the whole season. You got to put it all up front because – 
That way, the owners don't yep. care if you actually show up or not. You still you already paid. What What do you think of uh, this? A little bit off the subject. What do you think of the new camera angles of the game? Oh, that Steelers Titan game. It? Yeah. What is it called? Yeah. What is it's that? It's behind called? the quarterback. Basically, a quarterback's view. No. Well, you Madden I, view. There is an official name. I guess there is an official yeah, name. Call it Madden. The Madden view. view is fine. I liked it better than I thought I would. I would say don't do the whole game yeah, back there. I agree. Don't. Skycam, Sky thank you. Okay. Skycam. So, you know, don't make the whole game back there. Don't do overkill. But I thought it provided fans with a lot of information about NFL games that they don't normally get. No question. i tell you what, Marcus Mariota, he got picked off three times in that game. And I walked away going, yeah, but it's not really his fault. And did you see how freaking hard it was? Like, the running back looking for holes, the quarterback, how quickly they need to process all the information that they're seeing. That's what we don't normally see. I thought we got to see it, and uh, that was fascinating to me. It That's what I thought. Now, now, one, and this is a smaller thing for me, but you do get to see a different – you get a different feel for linemen, too. Yes. Because you actually get to see them doing their thing versus the side angle. Um, so you see that, but – I think you get to see how difficult it really is to play quarterback in the NFL. Yes. And anyone who's played quarterback, even at a low level, like high school level, it is not simple. It is not simple at all to (laughs) drop back people coming at you, people in front of you, and be watching your receivers. And I mean, it is – incredibly difficult, one of the most difficult things in sports. And we just, as fans, we take it for granted. Oh, it's like process 17 pieces of fast-moving information, and you have about two and a half seconds. Yeah. It, I mean, oh it is incredibly hard. I don't know what level I played quarterback at. I remember I just was in even a young kid and playing quarterback a little bit. And I basically would just throw the ball up to my best friend. Like, because you can't. That's what Ben Roethlisberger does. You couldn't does. see. You're right. like, where's Antonio? The you ball. couldn't see. Right. I couldn't see what the heck was going on. And I would just throw it. This was, this was the number one takeaway the first time I ever got an NFL sideline pass. It was in San Diego, and Doug Flutie was the quarterback for the Chargers. And I go down there, and I'm like, how's dude see? Because remember, he's short. Yeah, he was yeah. not even Five, six feet. Nine, I mean, all these guys now, Carson Wentz, Ben Roethlisberger, they're just giants. You got a couple short ones, though, now. Yeah, Russell Wilson, you do. 5'11". Flutie, from field level, he would drop back, and then it would just look like a massive cloud of dust, and he would go into that cloud, and I'm like, he can't see, I can't see him. <laughs> and then he would pop out and run for 15 yards or throw to a receiver, and you're just like, that's insane. No, it, it, it is It is one of the most difficult things in sports. We always talk about hitting a baseball is difficult. I got to be honest, and that's difficult. Oh. But I think playing quarterback is the most – Probably the most difficult thing in sport. <laughs> it look equally terrifying to me. 100-mile-an-hour fastball being thrown at you. can't see it. I mean, it's only getting harder, too. Like, you know, it used to be. To play quarterback or to no, hit the baseball? The, well, you, a 95-mile-an-hour fastball when we were kids was like, that's fire. Now it's an average fastball. Otani's yeah. going to come in and bust 105? Are you, are you crazy? You can't even see that. 
Well, you have to guess. Let's, let's hope, Otani. Yeah, Shelby. I know you in your in your baseball super team <laughs> dream world. I don't think super teams exist in baseball. Oh, that's interesting. Let's Two. you know what? Let's get a couple hoops calls and let's talk about that coming up next. Willard Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> yes, Willard Broussard. Love as an army. You can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas. By going to foxsportsradio.com, click the red kettle icon and donate. Or you can call 1-833-SAL-JOIN, S-A-L-J-O-I-N. Yo, man. What's up? I love Curtis Blow as, next, as much as the next guy. Yes. But play something else when we come. <laughs> I mean, like, all right. <laughs> like, you begging now. This was the jam. This was the jam. Yeah. Right? Give me the breaks. Give me... What else did he have? Some uh, basketball, something else. Yeah, I, I need or a search. Some, just another yeah, artist. I need even. a deep search here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You, you <laughs> young. I know. This yeah, you got a bunch of pups in the other room. Curtis Blow. Bunch of white pups in the other room. You can only ask for so much. Okay, it's all good. Uh, all right, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Lions lead the Bears six nothing. Not a whole lot going on in this game. Couple field goal drives. Um, but uh, not a whole lot happening right now. Lions is lead this it. a really exciting game? I mean, like, did we expect a lot to happen? No. I mean, I, I not really. Lions no. Got to win. Yeah, the Lions do have something on the line. Little chance. The Bears don't, but the Bears have looked a little better the last few weeks. That kind of thing. Division matchup, but no, no, there wasn't. Yeah. I, I, no, I wouldn't say this was supposed to be some some something big deal. Special tonight. Tonight. That's the game. Tonight's gonna be special. That's the game. Tonight's gonna be special. Let's go to Jeff in Vegas. Uh, Jeff, thank you for calling. Mark and Chris, what's on your mind? you doing? Well, I heard your comments on the Chargers downsizing. So are you suggesting that Jerry Jones wasted his money on that palace he built in Auburn in Texas? Um, the Cowboys might be an exception, possibly. Um, I, I know that what I'm saying has not resonated to all NFL cities yet. But, Jeff, I would say more than one. And you're in the city that needs to heed this warning more than any city in America. That, Why? Because Why do we have to worry about attendance in Las Vegas at a football game? Why do you have to worry well, about I, it? I think don't there because, are so many fantasy fans who you just can't get that full fantasy experience at a football game. Yep. And 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 stadiums are trying to deal with this and trying to make it as fan friendly as they can for those that want to keep track of all the other games going on in the league, the stats in the other games, but it's difficult. I think that's well, the you're challenge. You're a Raiders fan. You're not worried about fantasy, right? But you're a Raiders are there... fan. You're at the game watching the Raiders. Yeah, but Jeff, you don't care about the rest. Jeff, of them, that's right? listen, listen. I feel you, but you have to know you're a dying breed. You are. No, no, yes, I'm not. You are. I've lived in this city since sixty. Half my life, I was here in '67. Yeah, that's Raiders my point. How old are, are you, Jeff? Dying breed. How old are you, Jeff? <laughs> what are you like? I've... That makes you about seventy or something. Yeah. How old are you? Seventy. I was born in 1960. I've seen every Super Bowl. Okay, so hey? you're 57 years old. You're no, 50... no, I don't. I don't admit that. Okay. I don't who, hope. Look, wrong. I don't hope. You guys are I... wrong on the Raiders. The Raiders are going to sell out. No, see, I, look, I hope you're right. I'm. I'm not trying to advocate for smaller stadiums. I'm just saying, trying to read what's happening, and just just be careful. See, this is this is what you get, though. And I, Jeff, first and foremost, appreciate the heck out of your fandom. I get it, but I you like see, it. like Old that school. was that was a prideful yeah, opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, no facts. Our, just... our Raider, our Raider Nation would never do that. <laughs> that might apply to everybody else, but not Raider Nation. Yes, yes. Let's find out if there are seventy-five 
thousand Raider Nation in Vegas, in Vegas followers who up. will sign up for all ten weeks. I hear you. every year. Let's find out. Let's find out. Yep. Maybe I'm wrong. Some reasons to doubt. And by the way, even if I am wrong, that only means the Raiders. Like I said, there's going to be some exceptions. But if you go around this, the country and around the league, there are more stadiums than not that are dealing with this oh, right yeah. now. Oh, the yeah. trend is obvious. It's not a. This isn't some sort of guess that we're putting yep. out there. Yeah. Uh, the trend is obvious. All right. Uh, Mark Willer, Chris Broussard. So I I believe that. Something we started to see uh, this winter meetings in baseball is the trickle-down effect of the super team. The super team taking over the NBA, and you're seeing uh, this is great for baseball because what baseball needs, uh, baseball needs to basically find ways to be more interesting on a night-in and night-out basis throughout the summer. And I'll tell you this, Chris, no dog in the fight if the Yankees played the Angels tomorrow on a Tuesday night, but I would watch. I would watch. I'd want to see Otani. I'd want to see Judge and Stanton bat back-to-back. That never happens in baseball. You never get get two teams on a Tuesday night that somebody 18 states away is like, yep, I'm in. Twins play the White Sox. Are you watching? No, I, I hear you. So this is good. But it doesn't typically pan out in Major League Baseball. What do you mean by pan out? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you think that Albert Pujols and Mike Trout would be a super team? I mean, how many more super-duper stars do I need? That should be a super team. It should be. Look at all the guys but- that went to the Dodgers. Matt Kemp, Carl Crawford, Adrian Gonzalez – and eventually, not not all of them didn't play well. It's not like they didn't play well. Some of them really flamed out. But didn't live up to what the expectations were. I think the best super teams in baseball are organic. And then because they win consistently, the players become kind of known as superstars. This Dodgers team has a lot of young guys yes. that – People don't recognize as superstars yet, kind of now because they're there, winning. Getting there. getting there. That's what I'm saying. But this getting is Getting the there. Do you see what But you, you don't just go out other than the Yankees, really. The Yankees, I guess, have done it, but they haven't won a title since 09. No, I know, but they, they got a – They they're, have stacked teams. They're but, on their way up. They're still young, and that's actually, to me, the point. All those examples you brought up of when it didn't work. Uh, I mean, the, what about the, 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 the greatest thing I can think of was when Cliff Lee – Went to Philadelphia in yep. the same summer. Wasn't it the same summer that LeBron went to Miami? Oh, uh, that sounds right. I believe right. it was. That sounds Sh- right. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gavin and Nick. But, yeah, and that rotation looked like it was going to be historic. Holiday, Hamels, uh, Cliff Lee. Who am I forgetting? Uh, there was somebody else. Oh, tremendous. Uh, it was uh, uh, Oswald. 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 I mean, and they were coming off Never of, heard of them. a deep play. <laughs> they did win, though. One, they made the playoffs one that one year, and he left, and, and then well, yeah, they, they didn't make the playoffs they, they, after they, that. They, 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 and they didn't win it that year. No, they didn't, but baseball's a little bit more quirky. That's my point, is that baseball is so but, quirky, whether it's an injury, which is, I mean, to a pitcher, you have no idea who you're going to. Right. If your guy's going to be with you. 
So whether it's an injury or it's just a down year, kind of a slumping year, or the fact that superstar players, especially hitters, can't impact the whole game and winning as much as they can in basketball, I just think that makes it difficult. I'm with you, Judge, you know, Gregorius, I mean, uh, Stanton. I, it's going to be phenomenal. We'll watch the lineup. But I think for the most part, it never, it doesn't pan out. Well, here's two things. One, all the examples you brought up of when it doesn't work, we're usually talking about players in their 30s. The super teams we're talking about right now in baseball, Trout Otani, if he is what everyone says he is, uh, and they got some nice pieces also this week to put around him, Stanton Judge. You're talking about players that are in their 20s, a lot of them in their early 20s. So these are people that are moving into their prime. You know, take it to the NBA when the Lakers super team didn't work, right? Okay. Kobe, uh, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, Paul Gasol, older Kobe. players. It was all older players. So that's one side. Two, in baseball, to be a super team that kind of captures people's attention, you don't necessarily have to win the title. In basketball, I feel like you do. You have to at least get there. I mean, if the Warriors put all those people together and they started bowing out in the second round, people are going to be like, this is a, this is a fraud. But in baseball, because everyone knows it's a little bit more chance-driven, a little quirky, who wins the title, simply getting into the playoffs and being a contender, I think, can be interesting. Especially when you're in the summer months, people are out of school, they're just kind of casually watching things anyway. Like the Yankees this year were interesting. They got within a game of the World Series. The Dodgers didn't win it, but they took us all the way to the end. They were interesting. And they've got good, young stars in their 20s. So... There are teams right now in baseball who are upstart, young, and interesting, uh, more so than we've seen in the last decade for sure, I feel like. Didn't we think the Mets, with that staff, just a couple years ago, Matt Harvey and DeGrom, I mean, that looked like, with that rotation, that that was going to be a super team. Or or maybe not super team, but you know. Super staff. Super staff. Super staff. And they had just gone and deep they, into the playoffs. They have been good. Harvey broke down. That's my point, though. That, that Cindergarden so, so much in it, baseball. Which could happen again. Although and the guys guys we're talking about now, none of them are pitchers. The Yankees well, are not. Tiny, and yeah, he's got but, the elbow but injury. But he's everything. I mean, everybody's trying. And I'm not saying the elbow injury is worse than, you know, that it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But a lot of people are saying it could be the precursor to Tommy John. It could be. By the way, though, Tommy John's not a – that's not a death knell No, anymore. but still – I mean, look at the look at the staff in uh, Washington with the Nationals. Hadn't lived up to you know what fair. I mean. That's fair. I mean, I, that's fair. I thought Stroudsburg, man. I mean, he had the tools to be one of the all time greats, and he's still productive, obviously. But oh. not injuries have kept him from being you know 100%. what we thought he could be. One hundred percent. All right, let's get Gascon in here, get an update. The Lions have just changed the scoreboard in Detroit. What's up, Dave? Yeah, but uh, Matthew Stafford, the touchdown pass. <laughs> wow, we got the Detroit Rockettes are celebrating in the end zone right now. <laughs> they had five guys dancing to a tune right there. That That's quite a – that's up there with the Philadelphia Eagles this season. That was good. Say? That was good. <laughs> that's pretty strong. Ball game still in the first half, and Detroit just scored again, so a PAT is pending. We'll see if they go for one or for the two-point conversion. But as it stands right now, Detroit leading Chicago by a count of 12 to nothing. i got to go into these bowl games real quick. One of them, Boise State oh and Oregon. <laughs> I know. Oregon how's, looking how's... to try to get into Bronco territory for the first time today. They're out to their own 46-yard line. 
Herbert play fakes. Flushed out of the pocket. Throws the ball. It's intercepted. Picking it off at the 50 is Canijo. And Canijo could walk into the end zone. It is a pick six. Curtis Weaver, the guy to have the pressure. And Boise State's defense scores. It's 23 to nothing. Guys, so I'm going to break this down in a couple different things. It was 24 nothing Boise State late in the second quarter. Oregon had a pick six. Yeah. And a fumble return for a touchdown. Those two returns were combined 186 yards. <laughs> 186 yards in defensive return yardage is more than the Oregon offense in the first half, which yeah. had 77. How's Royce Freeman look today? What's he doing? He looks awesome in those oh. street clothes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he's, he's watching the game. He's ready to hit the clubs up tonight in Vegas. Good for him. I'll tell you this much, too. The game right now, seven total turnovers. Four for Oregon, three for Boise State. Broncos do lead the Ducks, though, 24-14. to uh, In Major League Baseball, Dodgers have announced that they're getting back Matt Kemp in a trade for Scott Casimir, <laughs> Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon McCarthy, and also Charlie Culberson. Uh, in the NFL, go back to it real quick. Detroit did kick a PAT, so it's 13-0. Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals did not pass concussion protocol, so he won't play this weekend against Minnesota. Seahawks, Bobby Wagner is a game-time decision against the Rams. Robert Woods will play in that ball game. Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph has been upgraded to questionable against Cincinnati. And Tevin Coleman for Atlanta's out Monday Night Football because of a concussion. Gentlemen. All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studio. is easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Man, the Bears almost returned the ensuing kickoff for a touchdown. But every, every time somebody does that, I, I feel like 70% of the time, if somebody busts a kickoff return, uh, there's a flag down. It's a lot. Now, I wouldn't say 70%, but a lot. There's Man. no question. And you hate to see that. That was a great run. An incredible run, but, yeah, it looks like it's coming back. I assume it's, I, I assume it's coming back. We haven't even gotten an, a, an indication from the officials on what happened. Uh, here comes that right now. we got a hold on yep, the return yep, team. Yeah, yep. so um, that's coming back. First down, Bears way back deep in their own territory. Trailing. 13 to nothing against the Lions. Uh, a couple hours from now, Rich Ornberger, former Charger, my partner on the radio during the week, is going to jump on with us, get us ready for Chargers Chiefs. That one is going to be an absolutely fantastic watch. We'll take your phone calls, 877-99 on Fox. Lots to weave our way through today on a Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio, and we're thrilled that you're with us. Um, let me just say this. Without assessing guilt on anybody, who might be dealing with this in the sports media, sports executives, or otherwise for that matter. But it seems to be taking over our country right now. Um, It is the biggest story on a weekly basis. It's hard to look at. It's very negative, if you will. This is a bad story. However, sometimes healing hurts, right? You hurt your leg, you put it up on ice, it starts to hurt. Why does it hurt? Because it's healing. And that's exactly what's happening right now as far as all of this sexual harassment stuff. Um, As somebody who has a daughter, and I know you have too, I, deep down in my soul, am really glad that this is all happening. Not because I enjoy hearing these stories, not because it's okay in any way what seemingly almost every woman has been going through, and a lot of us weren't even fully aware of it. I'm glad this is happening, though, because... Uh, it is sending the loud and clear message to everybody. The jig is up, man. The jig is up, and uh, it's er- the way so many have been acting 
workplace or otherwise, is not okay. No, I'm totally with you. And I I echo your sentiments. I am totally glad that there's a new standard in the workplace. Because, like you said, I do have two daughters who are 19 years old. They're going to be entering the workplace. And if they had to go through what some of these women have had to go through, if they walked into somebody's office and dude dropped his pants, Hmm. I— I know, right? I just want them, I told them, let me know if anything happens. And I'm not saying I'm Mike Tyson, you know, but that is something that would make you really want to snap on somebody, you know? And I mean, look, it's not new. We've seen it. You can go back years and years. We've seen it at the highest level in this country, but it was always kind of, I won't even say brushed under the rug, but. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, it came out big time, you know, President Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, mm-hmm. but people, on you know, political reasons, they, they let it go, whatever. Uh, even with the president now, with his comments to Billy Bush, people on that side of the aisle overlooked it. I am glad there is a new standard. And for all the men out there, a lot of guys might want to say, it's locker room talk. And some of it is. There's different things, levels of things that have happened, you know. But it's got to change. And women shouldn't be uh, put through stuff like that. All you have to do is think about your girlfriend, your wife, your daughters, your mother. Because all of us have a mother. Would you want her subjected to something like that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how that can help dudes yes. stop doing what they may feel like they want to do. That's the the sentence that, that bounces around in my mind for a lot of stuff, whether it's this kind of subject or anything else. Like when you're dealing with people, that's that that's somebody's daughter. Yep. It's somebody's daughter, you know, and, and the way that this resonates in the sports world, I think. And, you know, the, there is obviously I'll just say one network right now uh, that uh in particular, this week is uh, is having its turn uh, with with this issue, and uh, at a very high level. And a lot of the people that were implicated in this are former big, big, big time athletes. And uh, I have no idea of any guilt or innocence. This isn't to spotlight any one person, but I do know that when people achieve that amount of celebrity, when people achieve that amount of money. Um, sometimes there suddenly just becomes that attitude, like the rules don't apply to me, and uh, this is the way I can do it. Uh, that's basically what the president was saying on the bus that day with Billy Bush. Yep. When yep. you're a celebrity, they let you do whatever the heck you want. Yep. You are fake news. No, they don't. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. And so, again, it, to me, the lessons are, uh, are, are heavy and, and plentiful in this particular situation, and uh, everything that, you, you know, you, you may think it's funny, or I was just joking, I was just flirting, like it's, it's, it's not okay. It's not okay. My wife has experienced this on a professional level. Sometimes My the, wife has too. Yeah, yeah, it's bigger, it's smaller, it doesn't matter. It's all not okay. And so uh, to me, I, I, I love and I hope, I hope what this is leading to, instead of people defending their position, instead of people saying, oh, my gosh, this is just – uh, people that are either being opportunistic or they're whining or crying, and it's the wussification and another example of it. 
Instead of saying that, everybody just stop, take a breath, take a look at the behavior and what has been the norm over the years and realize we're at a time of change and make the change. Well, look, I am one that believes there is a wussification of America and men. I, I do. In, in many areas of this society, I believe that is taking place. However, this is not one of them. You know, and when you look at some of the stuff, like I said, dudes just dropping their pants in front of women. Dudes forcing women up against the wall, demanding oral sex. I I mean, ridiculous stuff. And that is has nothing to do with the wussification of men and all that. I would say that's not how a man behaves. You know, so I will say this, however, there are always two sides to the story. Sure. And we saw one example this week, we too, where a woman at another network, sports network, accused a man of, you know, sexual harassment and hitting on her and all types of stuff. And then the network released text messages between the two individuals, the woman and the man. And the messages that were released clearly, like, I don't, I can't Look, believe... Innocuous. I can't believe she did. She actually went ahead with a suit knowing that these texts existed. Like the text, number one, she seemed to be pursuing him more. And I don't say, I wasn't saying pursuing him for a sexual relationship, but she was the one that from the text kept initiating the conversation. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say or do anything that was inappropriate, in my opinion. And she used out of context, he called me this, he called me that. But when you read them in the context of the text, it didn't seem like any big deal. No, I mean, listen. And so I'm not saying, I, I believe most of these women. There's no question in my mind. Me I don't too. know the truth. Not, I believe them. Not, not 100% have married, but, but probably her. most. Yeah. I believed her. Okay. But some of that showed that there are two sides to these stories. And you don't want women just trying to take advantage of the situation and get guys who are innocent and haven't done anything in trouble. Well, there will always be that. There will always now, be that. now, does that stay with a guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, Can? he's been accused of this. Is that going to stay with him when he yeah. really didn't do anything? Um, Willard Broussard, 877-99 on Fox and coming up next. So you had an in-the-zone discussion about this particular topic, and we wanted to further that discussion, and that is with what's going on in Oklahoma City, uh, who basically is the problem. We'll get into that coming up next, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. With Chris Broussard, Mark Willard. So what do you think is going on in Oklahoma City? I don't think it's Russell Westbrook's fault. I'll tell you that. See, you He's not the, the way, perfect player. You putting words in my mouth that oh, I don't even say. Because I know what you're going to say. <laughs> He's not the perfect player. Don't get me wrong. But to some have said, Jason McIntyre, I hope you're listening. I think you're in this camp. That he is the number one problem in Oklahoma City. I think I would look at Billy Donovan before I looked at Russell Westbrook. In that you've got to 
implement a system that fits those players. Whatever it is, I'm not claiming that I know the system, but I'm not a coach being played millions of dollars to figure it out. But figure out what system is best for those players. Because when I look at the Houston Rockets, as great as they are, I don't see like light years of talent ahead of them being light years ahead in talent than Oklahoma City is. Mm -hmm. They just got the right system for those players. Even when I look at Golden State, and I know now with Durant, but before Durant, Steph, Clay, Draymond, it was the right system that Steve Kerr put in for those group of players. That's the challenge for coaches. Greg Popovich does it every year. Doesn't always have the greatest talent. Doesn't have the greatest talent, period, most years. But he finds the right way for those guys to play, and he maximizes their ability. That's all I'm asking Billy Donovan to do. Find the right system, whatever it is, for those guys and maximize their ability. So I would look at him first. Carmelo Anthony, just been missing shots, was hot last night against Philadelphia, played well. But for the most part, he's been missing shots, shooting, I think, below 40%, first time in his career, worst shooting percentage of his career. So I would look at him before I would look at Westbrook. Paul George isn't shooting lights out, shooting well from three. Hit some big ones last night, but overall he's shooting 41%. And and everyone wants to blame that on Westbrook, our man, Colin Cowherd. Blames that on Westbrook. But you know what? Paul George has been a 41% shooter two other seasons in his great career. So this is not unprecedented. He did this without Russell Westbrook. So I can't blame that on Westbrook. Again, not the perfect player. Now now you're going to change your argument because I just shot down whatever you were going to say about Russ. You have no idea what I was going to say, and uh, you didn't shoot anything down because what people can't see when they just listen to you is that you had a sheepish grin on your face the whole time, which tells me you couldn't even get through that point without laughing at it yourself. You don't think I believed it? Listen. I believed it. No, it's not that you didn't believe it, but it's that you also know there are holes in all things Russell Westbrook. I there wouldn't say all holes. things. What I, I wouldn't what say I, all things. Listen, He's got some holes in his game, like how, everybody. How many, except probably LeBron? How many experiences and, and systems and coaches does Carmelo Anthony need to have and not win before we realize that that's a thing? I'm, I, I'm, I feel you. Okay, I feel you. So, how many other great players does Russell Westbrook need to play with and have it not go as far as it should before we go? That's a thing. I don't know that they didn't go as far as they should. They got to the NBA Finals. Should they have beaten that Miami team? No. Should should Russell Westbrook and as a pup, James Harden as a pup, Kevin Durant as a pup, have beaten LeBron James smack dab in the middle of his prime, coming off the worst NBA experience of his life, and, and, you know, against Dallas the year before? motivated beyond belief, his legacy on the line, Dwayne Wade still in his prime, Chris Bosh in his prime. Should that Oklahoma City team have beaten them? No. I think the team that was ahead of the Warriors 3-1 to one probably should have beaten okay, them. Okay, but why are we blaming uh, Westbrook solely? Why are we blaming Westbrook solely? Because Durant because... Durant faltered just as much. Okay, so how come great players keep faltering when Russell Westbrook's their teammate? Is it possible 
that he's not putting them in the best positions like other point guards are. He does have possible? some flaws. He's not really, a, obviously not a true point guard. He is a basketball wonderkind. He's like <laughs> Allen Iverson. I'm not calling He's going to be an iconic figure that we remember oh decades from now. I'm not calling all of this his fault. So there I'm you go. I'm just saying, you letting Durant I'm not slide? calling it his fault. Durant's got a ring. Let me ask you. Oh, let me ask Durant's you this. Got I love Durant. And Durant's he got, got a ring. He won that ring. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But you don't think Chris Broussard could have signed with that Golden State team and got a ring. You know what I think? I think if I put Durant and Westbrook in front of you and you're starting a team and I yeah, said, I'm take one, Durant. I better. am going to take Kevin Durant. No question. And I would take Paul George, too. All right, so here's where we need to take this conversation, and we would love your participation at 877-99 on Fox. Willard Broussard, happy holidays. Hope everyone's doing awesome. Into the second half for us. About two hours away from kickoff, Chargers Chiefs. Rich Ornberger joins us next hour to get ready for that one. Still waiting for the news as to whether or not Casey Hayward's going to be active in this game. We'll pass it along when we know. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes, save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Okay. So, I know you think I'm America's biggest Russell Westbrook hater. I'm not. I'm like third. You are. I'm third. Third or fourth, maybe. <laughs> Now, I'm not Colin Cowherd and Jason McIntyre. He's a fantastic player, but there are limitations there. I think that there are things that we can uh, we can surmise about him based on multiple experiences. If Paul George leaves him, Kevin Durant left him. If you have multiple different coaches, different stars with you, and you still can't quite get over the top, I think that says something. Now he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. He is a top. 10 NBA player. There's zero question about that. Some would even put him in the top five. Okay. Uh, You know, whatever. Everybody's rankings are whatever they are. Here's what I would say, though, about Russell Westbrook. And maybe these aren't the best examples out of the NFL because these guys are nowhere near as dynamic as Russell Westbrook is. But so I how are th- you going to use them as examples? Because their situations. Give me one where somebody's as dynamic no, as Westbrook. Because the situations match. And this is the situation I would say. If I'm Oklahoma City. I'm in a similar situation as the Kansas City Chiefs and the Washington Redskins who sit there with quarterbacks who are good, but they've clearly decided are something short of great. Alex Smith is good. He's the second-rated quarterback in the NFL this year, but they drafted somebody else in the first round because they feel like he can get them to the land but not the promised land. Kirk Cousins doesn't have a long-term deal with Washington because they like him. They don't love him. And so my question, and in fact, this took over a holiday party I was at last night. This became a big discussion. <laughs> if you're a team. With Westbrook, y'all were talking Westbrook. Well, no, we're talking Alex okay. Smith. I was, talking, I was talking about a big, big Chiefs honk. Okay. And uh, Barry, if you're listening, what up? <laughs> so here's the question. If you're a team and you've got someone who you know in your lead position is good, that's that does not apply to Russell Westbrook. Well, because you you got to admit he's not good. He's great. Okay, great. Well, but how are we measuring greatness? Can you be great if you don't? Uh, I think averaging a triple double, winning the MVP, but, makes you great. Okay, so you're some people would say you have to win a title to be great. Was Steve Nash great? Okay, so I'm with you. I'm actually with you. That that you don't Carl have Malone, to. John Charles Stockton, Barkley, I mean, Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley, Barkley yeah. Patrick okay. Ewing. Like, All right, so we've set that. 
why don't I say it this way? If you come to the decision as a team that the guy, your man, can't get you all the way over the top, do you sit there and remain relevant and good as a team, or do you reboot in an effort to be great? I think the Chiefs, the Redskins, and at the end of this year when Paul George invariably leaves. Well, I think they'll I hope they trade him before. Right. So leaves. there's going to have to be that sit down question. Well, they signed Westbrook. I know. <laughs> so, right. But <laughs> but do they reboot the offense or how they structure it or who you put around him? There's a question. Do we need to reboot? Because what we're doing is good, but it's not good enough. How do you answer that? You keep a guy like that. There's no question because Number one in the NBA, and I would even say this applies to baseball, although obviously that sport is more uh, fickle, for lack of a better word, and it applies to the NFL as well. What you want in professional sports, in this case the NBA, is you want to be in the hunt. You want to be an elite team that's in the championship discussion for a good seven years eight years, a decade or more if you can get it. Steve Nash never even got to the finals in Phoenix. But boy, was <laughs> it a great run, right? Yep. Patrick Ewing never won a title in New York. But boy, was it a great run. Sacramento with Chris Webber. Peja Stoyakovich, Vladi Divac, Mike Bibby, White Chocolate, Never won a championship. Never got to the finals. Right. But it was a great run. And all of those franchises would die to have that run again. And so that's my point. You don't know if you're going to win it because here's the, the cold, harsh reality in the NBA. There are three guys right now in the NBA who have proven that they can lead, be the number one guy on a championship team. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. Two of them are on the same team now. Yeah. <laughs> and you could, some might yeah. even, some, I wouldn't, but some might push back against Durant because they might say he has so much talent around him that, yeah, he hit the big shot, he was the MVP, but he has so much talent with him. When he was the guy in Oklahoma City, He'd ever won. I know he didn't start the playoffs as the guy, but he ended the playoffs as the guy winning a championship. Do you not hand it to Kawhi also? He's the finals MVP. I, I mean, but he averaged 14 points a game. That I know. Year. It was you finals know I mean? Yeah, I hear you. He That's... had a, Andre Iguodala was a finals MVP. Okay. You know, so right. James Worthy was a finals MVP, and he was never the, the man on those Lakers teams. He was great, Hall of Famer. But so – I, I think I'd hold up. Now, I do think Kawhi could be that guy, especially in San Antonio. But uh, he hasn't proven it. That's my point. There might be other guys I think could get there. But as far as guys who have proven it, and I'm taking out Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki because, you know, they're way past their prime. But guys who are in their prime, who you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, can be the number one guy and lead you to a title. It's only three. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I mean, to get to take you inside this party last night, it's a big time Chiefs fan who is done with Alex Smith. 
He's ready for Patrick Mahomes. We don't even know what Patrick Mahomes is going to be. Well, that's what I try to tell him. I said, listen, it's not that I don't understand. You're tired of going to the divisional playoff and losing 17 to 13. (laughs) I get it. But, especially in the NFL, it has been proven time and time again that when you fall for door number two, when you fall for the unknown, everybody loves the backup quarterback. But when you fall for that, it's not that it never works. Sometimes it could. The 49ers traded Joe Montana, let him go to the Chiefs, and Steve Young won a Super Bowl. And you knew what you had. In it, Steve you did. Young. So it can work. But you have to understand you are risking, and this is true for an NBA team, especially like Oklahoma City as well, you are risking a generation of futility. Yeah. You could right. go 20 years without getting another good quarterback if you're Kansas City or if you're Washington or if you're Oklahoma City. Well, And, and so and- are you willing, because this is, by the way, the way I feel about Russell Westbrook, fantastic player, um, but the way it looks right now, the structure of the NBA, he will be this generation's, as you put it, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley. What they do? They ran into Michael Jordan. What has Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul done? They've run into LeBron James and this Warrior team. And so you're going to go that whole career, unless something you know drastically changes over the next five years, and maybe it will. The Warriors could break up. LeBron retires. What's Russell got? What left at that point? Especially the way he plays. I don't know. But something could change, but it feels to me like that's Russell Westbrook, that's Chris Paul, that's James Harden for, for their career. They're going to be this generation's Charles Barkley. They're going to be this, this group that gets to the end of the line and goes, I was great, but I never got over the top because there just happened to be a couple guys that are a little bit greater. Well, I, I'm I'm like I said, I'm giving Houston a shot this year. Okay, oh, and I'm not. I, I'm giving them absolutely. A shot. Um, but I, I don't know if my numbers as high as yours, but I, sure, a shot. I, I give them a shot. Um, but Westbrook, here's here's what it comes down to as well. Sports is also a business, and Russell Westbrook has shown loyalty. Beyond being just a spectacular player. It's good for business. He's shown great. Yeah, Yeah, like you are going to sell out Chesapeake Energy Arena. I think I said it right. (laughs) You know, as long as Russell Westbrook is still playing basketball at a high level. And that's where business comes in too. And even if you don't win a championship, I mean, there have been eight teams since Michael Jordan retired or since he left the Bulls in 1998, which was the real Michael Jordan, there have been only eight teams in 20 years that have won the championship. Does that mean all the rest of the 20, the 22 other franchises in the NBA have just had a feudal existence? No. You know, Oklahoma City has been a great franchise. You know, Phoenix, as I mentioned, was a great franchise at one point. And even, I can even... I, I might even combine Miami and Cleveland. Those are two of the teams that have won it because LeBron was so, you know, he was on both teams, although right. Miami did win it without LeBron. But that's my point. So let me ask you this question, and I don't know if we have to wait till after the next break, but you, because I was going to ask you, here's how you can determine who's to blame in Oklahoma City. If you could only keep, if you ran the Thunder and you could only keep one 
of those star players. Those three. Which, yes, which one would it be? For me, it's Russell Westbrook, and it's not even close. You know who it is for me? You said it earlier, I think. (laughs) Fox Sports Radio. We'll be right back. Okay, now this is my jam. <laughs> good song. I love Christmas music. I wouldn't call it the jam. It's not a jam. jam. I'm not a jam. But I, I, this, this month in December, I can drive around and listen to this stuff all day long. I'm finding it difficult. Really? No, I, I, I'm finding too, it difficult to warm. get into the Christmas spirit <laughs> in 80 degree you know, weather. The flip flops on. Yeah, it, it's you, let not me, the let same. Me, let me tell you, as somebody who has lived in California. Pretty much exclusively his entire life. Let me tell you, you will get used to it. <laughs> no, I love the it's weather. All Don't good. get me wrong. No, I will say this: to, what what Californians want, so that it feels wintry, they want it to be fifty nine degrees. I don't know that I even want that. Yeah, I like sunny, that. Don't sunny get me wrong. Sunny and fifty nine. No, no, it actually it'll even bother Californians a little bit. Most of us when it's eighty five on Christmas. Like if you put a Santa hat on. Like, oh, let's wake up and, you know, the kids and we got a Santa hat on and you're sweating. That's annoying. That's an, you're like, oh, my, I, I can't get into I want to wear flannel PJs. And so I'm even, sweating. even being a person that's lived out here for so long, you have trouble getting into like the Christmas spirit. No, not trouble getting this. Because I think but, to me, I've always been in cold weather yeah. you know, city. So that's why I think it is for me. I would just rather. It's not 85. I would love for it to be 65. How about 75? Yeah, 65. Because <laughs> I'm not. 65. I want to go out. I want to take the kids out at 3 o'clock on the Christmas afternoon. The presents are all open. And I want to throw the ball around. And we're going to be dressed nicely because it's Christmas. I don't want to come in with buckets of sweat all over me. Okay. I want it to have a little. But you don't want to chill. It's a little See, nip in the air. It's nice a to go out. A nip in the it's air. It's nice to go out and not have to fight the elements. Yes. That's one thing I no, like no, no, about I don't, California. I don't want elements. Being able to just walk out and you're <laughs> yes. comfortable, you know? I don't want elements. Not having to, okay, get brace yourself and get ready for the cold. I like I like Yes, it. I do or not. The heat. I don't own a shovel. I don't want to own a shovel. I don't want any of that. I just let it be 65. 65. For a okay. high. 67 for, for a high. For just that one day. Yes. yes. Just Christmas Just day. that day. And Thanksgiving. <laughs> then go back to 80. Uh, Thanksgiving. I, did, I, I spent Thanksgiving uh, a year ago in Chicago, and it was clear, but, it, you know, it was like 30. And, I'm, and it was that nice. That ain't bad for Chicago. Yeah. No, Christmas it was day. nice. It was really nice. Like, well, I enjoyed of it. Speaking Christmas, what do you get? You, you got a son out there, and I don't know if you can say it. I don't, he's listening, actually. Uh, well, sort of. Because I know out there you can hear. I know, but he's got headphones in and he's watching his stuff on his phone and he's watching the Bears-Lions game because he's got Jordan Howard on his fantasy team. Okay. It's not going very well, by the I, way. I don't want to spoil going. Christmas for him. No, 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 no. No, you won't. Like, uh, ask you what you get. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, no, let's not see, do that. See, I never got to look for, <laughs> I never got to buy presents for a son. Oh, it was. Uh, I had two daughters. So no, it's fun. It's I, fun, but I will tell you, it's usually the sun stuff that keeps you up till three in the morning on Christmas Eve putting, putting stuff together. It together. Yeah, yeah. The daughters well, have less to put together. Yes. The sons have the big sportsy, bikey, yeah, yeah, yeah put it all yeah, together yeah. stuff. And I get it. So that's hard. That's I hard. You don't get a lot of sleep on Christmas Eve. Anyway, um, glad you're with us. Um, Willard Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says his 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. 
I'm going to admit that I go, I go into this point somewhat half-stepping-ish. <laughs> Already I've, conceding defeat. But I, no, it's not defeat. I just, I'm not passionate about it. Russell Westbrook and Paul George are both fantastic players. They're both fantastic players. I think you don't. Could, you think one is a I, superstar and one is a star at this point? Yes, okay. at this point, yes. But I also know that only one of them has ever played alongside a super duper star. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that one of them might fit in better with others. I think Paul George is more of a Swiss Army knife than Russell Westbrook <laughs> is. I definitely have gotten myself to a point where I look at Russell Westbrook and I firmly question how efficient his teammates can be based on the way he plays. It's not necessarily the biggest knock. He is who he is. He's very good at it. I don't think it lends itself to putting teammates in their best spot. Therefore, if I had to keep one of the Oklahoma City Thunder you have to ask me which employee I am on the Thunder. Am I someone who wants a ring, or am I somebody who wants to sell tickets? You're assuming Paul George is getting you a ring. Is Paul no. George the best player on the championship team? Um, I would say absolutely not. As good as he is, no not, way. Not in the way that the league is currently constructed. But Wait, Was there years, ever a time? Well, it, two years from now, if LeBron – you know, either he's not playing or falls off of a cliff and, and the Warriors disband. Uh, could Paul George be an interesting piece? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, he yes. can be an interesting piece yes. now. But can he no, be I mean, the number I mean, one an guy? One. An interesting no, one. He can't. He's, uh, he doesn't have that. I'm so, I'm, I like Paul George. Great player. He does not have that. No. Victor Oladipo in Indiana right now is averaging more points a game shooting a higher field goal percentage, shooting a higher three-point percentage than Paul George ever has. Yeah. Ever. But but every point you're going to make about Paul George, apologies, I can make about Russell Westbrook. No, you can't. Mm, Russell Westbrook can't be the one on a championship team either. Why he's he's a superstar. That's fine. Great. He averaged a triple-double. Wee, there's points. Wee what? There's points everywhere. I won Paul, my fantasy basketball you know league. Else? Russell Westbrook's going to be a Hall of Famer. Great. Do, do we know? Great. You act like that's nothing. I thought we were talking about winning a ring. Okay, let me ask I you this. I thought we were talking about being I, the one on the championship I, team. No, what, what I asked you is if you had to keep, could only keep one of your super, one of your stars and I in answered, Oklahoma City. And I answered with a question. But answer, just answer the question, period. Am I trying period. to win a ring or am I trying to sell tickets? You tr- you try the to business win development okay, officer, but if you, or am I the general manager? If you keep, I, I guarantee you, Sam Presti would keep Russell well, Westbrook. Again, that's already done. It's a fait accompli. They signed the extension. But if you keep Paul George, you have to get a better player than Paul George. And I think that I and can. that's difficult well, to do. But I think I can find people. I mean, you think that because you think they both going to L.A. LeBron. No, my my point is is what. Listen, what you're saying about Paul George is totally fair. I'm not in disagreement with that. My point is is that if I have Paul George, I feel like there are other players that I can attempt to go get and I might be able to actually get over the top. If I've got Russell Westbrook, 
I feel like there are people who I could go get that when they get here are going to be three-quarters of themselves. That's how I feel. Was Kevin Durant three-quarters of himself? Based on the Kevin we're seeing now, yeah, maybe 80%, I, I, I mean, maybe 85% at best. Kevin Durant is playing better now without Steph. Exactly. So, so is he limited playing with Steph? No. Why not? I mean, well, we don't just, see this Kevin Durant no, but, when he's playing with Steph. But his efficiency isn't down when he's playing with Steph. His points are down because there are only so many points to go around, and you got another elite score with him. No, but I mean, his right now— His efficiency is much higher with the Warriors than it was with the Thunder. But that's because you got three other guys that the defense has to worry about. No, it's because you get the ball in a position where you're like, oh, I can shoot right here, as opposed but to— But that's a lot to do with Steve Kerr, too. That's fine. not just— Steph and those guys. Fine. Whatever I mean, the, look, I agree. Whatever the Steph, scenario is, I'd rather is the have Steph than Westbrook. But I'm just saying, like, you have to build uniquely around Westbrook. No question. What is it's that build? A, you build, I'd say, three and D guys, guys that don't really create on their own. Like, 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 kind of like you built with Allen Iverson. Hold on. The, the year that Allen Iverson got to the finals. Yeah. He had Dikembe Mutombo, George Lynch, Tyrone Hill, Eric Snow, just a bunch of guys that, you know, can spot up shoot, can defend, can rebound, so Iverson could do his thing. Didn't you just describe his roster last year? No. I didn't? You didn't? No. You didn't? Because Dikembe Mutombo, is, is, isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Well, he, he's, Steven Adams not Dikembe Mutombo. Okay, not Dikembe Mutombo. My, my point is you said An- Anthony Roberson, Andre Roberson can't make a, a free throw. He's a yeah, but he though. can't. He can't. He's not a spot up. Who was the spot up shooter the last way, year? By the Who way. Who was the spot up shooter last year on that team? By the way. Nobody. Great example that I haven't even brought in yet. Look at Victor Oladipo when he's not playing with Russell Westbrook. But hold on. Why didn't Oladipo do that in Orlando? I mean, it, it's not like he played one year with Westbrook. I mean, yeah. you can't – he didn't do all that in Orlando. He had the opportunity in Orlando, too. Only took the Warriors one year. It. Only took the Warriors one year. One year for what? When wait, Durant wait, went there. What are you there. saying? You're saying you only, he's only with Russ one year. Well, he's, as, as if Victor what? Oladipo is not as good as the that's, players we're talking about. The point. My point is this. Why My does p- everyone who plays with Russell Westbrook not play as their best self? That's the question. That's not true. How, who has? Steven Adams? <laughs> he hasn't played with anyone else. But Who this knows? is all he is. Who Steven knows? Adams can how, do his thing. How do we know? What would you have said Victor Oladipo was I, before this year? We saw Oladipo for three years in Orlando a, do what he did last year. So as a pup. what he did last year was not unusual for him. You can't. It's not like he averaged 23 From, in Orlando and then went to Oklahoma and averaged Sixteen from Kevin Durant to Oladipo to Paul George to Carmelo Anthony, there is a trend. Everybody who plays with Russell Westbrook plays a little bit less than what their best is. That's a trend that I'm seeing. Paul George has shot forty-one percent two times in his career before he got to Russell. Okay, Westbrook. you think this? So Paul you George? blaming this on? Paul? Hold on, You're, th- this is the best Paul George this year. I don't know. I don't, I'm not blaming it on Westbrook though. I'm not, I mean, I'm Paul not, George has shot 41% I'm, twice in his career before going to Westbrook. I'm not, I'm not, He's shooting 41% now. I'm, I'm supposed to blame that on Westbrook? I'm not blaming anything specifically on Westbrook. I'm pointing out a trend. Paul George is shooting a career high, well, close to a career high, from three-point range. Are we going to give Westbrook credit for that? I'm pointing out a trend. It's a pretty good it's trend. It's not a trend. It is a trend. Because Paul George has who's, done this before. Who's the player 
that has been his absolute best when he is with Russell Westbrook. I mean, you could ask that about a lot of players. I don't know, actually. When when LeBron's your teammate, like, the list is from the ceiling to the floor. Really? Was Chris Bosh his absolute best when LeBron is a teammate? He was different. But he wasn't close to what he was in Toronto. He was a role player. I mean, he wasn't even he in the won titles. in Toronto. Yeah, but he was a 24 and 10 or 22 okay. and 10 perennial all-star. All right, more on this in a second. Plus, there's a growing trend in college football that I think, and I think, Chris, you agree, is only going to grow. So some ideas on how to fix it coming up around the corner. Let's get Steve DeSager in here, get you up to date on everything that's going on out and about. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you both. We have the night in the NBA starting at the top of the hour. Eight games this evening, including Utah at Cleveland. Utah winner at Boston last night, but Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors were injured. Gobert, Utah's center, out at least two weeks with a sprained PCL. Carmelo Anthony in Oklahoma City at New York at 7.30 Eastern time. OKC now 14-14 and after they won in triple overtime at Philadelphia last night. Stephen Adams. Adams is now out this evening due to a concussion. Orlando's Aaron Gordon with a strained calf is out this weekend. And Houston has won 12 straight at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Houston will be hosting Milwaukee. The Rockets record 23-4. and 30 seconds left in the college basketball game at the Orange Bowl Classic. Clemson has taken the lead on number 22 Florida, 69-68. Elsewhere, number 2 Michigan State survived to beat Oakland of Michigan, 86-73. Oklahoma wins again, just one loss for Sooners basketball, not yet right. They beat number three, Wichita State, today, 91-83. Also, Kentucky, number eight, survived against Virginia Tech, 93-86. Tenth-ranked Xavier came from 20 points down to beat East Tennessee State, 68-66. Rutgers upset number 15, Seton Hall, 71-65. Purdue beat Butler, and in overtime, it was Indiana over number 18, Notre Dame. This is the start of the college football bowl season. Six bowl games, including the dominance of number 25 Boise State at the Las Vegas Bowl right now. It's 31-14 over Oregon early fourth quarter. Oregon's only scores were two long defensive returns just before halftime. Georgia State and Troy each won bowl games. Marshall has a halftime lead on Colorado State 21-14 in the New Mexico Bowl. And yes, there are two NFL games today and two next Saturday. Right now at Detroit, six minutes to go third quarter. Lions 20-3 over the Chicago Bears. Matthew Stafford with two touchdown passes. Coming up tonight, Chargers at Kansas City. Tonight's winner will be alone and first in the AFC West. Back to you. All right, Steve, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, we're looking forward to that Chiefs-Chargers game. And in less than an hour, uh, former Charger, my radio partner during the week in San Diego, Rich Ornberger, is going to join us to help us uh, get ready for that one. Um, by the way, Gavin, will you keep – do we have the actives yet for the Charger-Chief game? We don't. All right. I don't know what's going on with this game. Normally, isn't the active list, inactive list, usually comes out what? A couple hours before a kick? I guess actually we are are right at the couple hour mark right now. This game starts in two hours. I really want to know if Casey Hayward is playing or not. I can tell you the weather looks terrific out there. Yes. It's it's, it's supposed to be clear and, and at about 50 degrees at kick. So uh, yeah, no, there there should be uh, should be good conditions for the game and and hopefully a lot of offense. Um, live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven auto. Only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Let's go to Greg in Chicago. Wants to weigh in on uh, RW. Hey, Greg. 
Hey, how's it going, my brother? How's everything going? What's happening? Everything's perfect. Oh, that's good. That's good. Hey, Chris, Chris, I love you, man. I know you. I know you are really knowledgeable in, in the NBA. But the the other brother, what's your name, man? I apologize for it. <laughs> my Mark name, Wood. Mark my, Wood. I was going to say, right? my name is Santa. But no, yeah, you got it right. You got it right, man. Yes, Mark. Hey, hey, man, I listen to you guys all the time, 24, 24. But Chris, Mark is so right. I don't know what it is about uh, 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 Westbrook, but it's hard to play with him. And I'm trying to figure out why, because he's an excellent talent. But it's like, it's I don't know, it's just. I watch the games and it's just hard to play with him. I don't know why. But Chris, no, I think cool. I, I think it's hard to play with him. I'm just saying he is much better than Paul George and Carmelo Anthony at this point. And if I had to pick one to keep, I would keep Westbrook. If you had to pick one of those star players to keep, you would keep George. I, I, I would have to because I know I can go further, or uh, as Mark said, put other players around him where the ball won't get lost. He hasn't gone further sense. than Westbrook. Come Westbrook's then. at least gotten to the finals. George has never True. gotten to the NBA finals. Yeah, see, I, I and I, I have think... to go out and get a better player. It's not absolutely impossible to win a championship with Russell Westbrook. I don't believe. Just like it, Iverson was difficult to play with. Was it impossible to win a championship with Allen Iverson? No. I, I think, you know, when I look at this, I agree. it's not that I don't agree on the surface that Russell Westbrook is a better player than Paul George. I get that. But that still doesn't change the fact that I would have to think long and hard about which one I want to keep because I do believe there is a potion to surround Paul George <laughs> with that gets you all the way to the promised land. And with Russ... I'm I'm what far is, from convinced of what that. What is that potion? <laughs> I mean, what what is that potion? Well, if you have Durant, you seen, uh, Durant Col- and LeBron yeah, on his team with, also. with Paul George, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I, see, I don't this? think it's close enough between. If you gave me, who's another player Westbrook is better? Well, what is, is he better than Chris Paul? Jeez. I won't even go Chris Paul. That's but a let's, hard one. Who's a player he's better than? He's better than... Um, well, I mean, a star. You're talking about a star My point man, guard? My man, Nick's out I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I'm talking about a guy that's close. Like, this is the thing. I think the gap between Westbrook and George is too wide like, for me to take George over. If there's another star who's about, not I, quite as good as Westbrook, but he's a star, Kyrie. I, that's that's what I was just going to okay, say. Westbrook's I'll take better Kyrie. than Kyrie. I will take Kyrie but I can all day see, long. I can see saying – I take Kyrie. All but day. I don't know about all day long. All day. I don't know. All day. Let me ask you this. Here's what I mean. If, I don't even say, know if I take Kyrie. Let's play fantasy for a second. Lakers next year. LeBron and Paul come. And then another year after that, because of their upstart nature and because of their ability to fit him in with more money, they can get Klay Thompson to join the Lakers. Oh, yeah. That team wins a title. Or could. Yes. No question. I don't think that's the case if it were LeBron, Clay, and Russ. Because LeBron and Russ, you you know this. You've well, always said LeBron. Would be tough. Exactly. LeBron but is Russ, I can see Russ and Clay excelling. Okay, fine. But you've always said LeBron is the system. He is a system. How where, where does Russ fit into that? This is the no, this, I agree with this that. the genesis of my point. there's so little that Russ fits in with because he is a grab the ball and become a bulldozer 
and, and and I give them love for that. It's amazing. But what what are the other people supposed to do? Well, but they're Le- LeBron. Look, LeBron. I think that's why is, Kevin left is much better than Westbrook. But you mentioned players not like Dwayne Wade. For him to win championships with LeBron, Dwayne had to back up. Got to change. Yeah, I mean, beyond he had to sacrifice. I think Dwayne Wade was about eighty percent of himself. Those two years, they won a championship. Bosh did too. Yeah, and Bosh was, I mean, Bosh really gave it up. Yeah. That's what he said about Kevin Love. Kevin Love doesn't, he's on a great stretch now, now that he's the definitive second option. But so so players have had to give up a little bit playing with LeBron too. No doubt. Now, he's a better player than but, Westbrook, so it works because LeBron's just so good. It's only and he's won three titles, right? But let's not take, like LeBron's had a stretch like Jordan or even close. Let's take a look though at Russ. Does do you feel like he's the type that can look at that situation and be like, okay, I need to change and become a no. different player? I think Allen so Iverson was the same way. That's my that's but, I, that's but where I'm coming. I don't from. think it's. I'm just saying I don't think it's impossible. Okay, to win a title with Russell Westbrook, but I think you have to I'm have. I'm having a hard time. Types of players. Right. I'm having a shooters, hard time finding the algorithm. I think great shooters could play with him. Victor Oladipo is a slasher for the most part. Now he's shooting well from three this year, but granted, that's kind of different for him. Granted, you know, but he wasn't a good fit. But guys that could three and D grinders, defenders, big men that could protect the rim. I think they could play with Westbrook. Okay, Boise State and Oregon are playing in a bowl game right now. The best player in the game has decided not to play. His name is Royce Freeman. This is the next step in the Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette move last year that got America talking. And I'm kind of wondering if America has changed their thought on this at all since it really became a discussion topic 12 months ago. So let's get into that coming up next. 877-99 on Fox is the number. Does it bother you when college football stars say, I'm out of this meaningless bowl game? Or are you on their side? 877-99 on Fox. We'll get into that next. Willard Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. So the guy who's going to join us in a half hour, my partner during the week, Rich Hornberger, came up with an interesting idea. We could ask him about it. With regard to these draft-eligible juniors and seniors who are like, I don't want to play in the Las Vegas Bowl. I might get hurt. And there were two guys who did uh, last year. I'm blanking. Jalen, uh, the Cowboys guy. Yeah, from Notre Dame. Yes. Jalen was – I want to say Jalen Brown. But I, I, I know. Jalen Smith, wasn't it? Jaylen, yes, there you go, I think. And then Jake Butt from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who then fell all the, uh, fell all the way to the fifth round and went to the Broncos and never even played this year. Yep. So – I totally defend these guys. To me, listen. I even you, think a lot of people think, um, what's his name from Michigan? Uh, Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers. That he yes. basically sat out. There, I heard too that some said it was some substance abuse. Some said he just didn't want didn't to didn't play. Didn't yeah, win. that was that last minute like, oh, yeah. I'm not playing in the ball game thing. Yeah. Okay, and then Jake Butt went out and got hurt and torn his ACL in that game. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh. So I totally understand it. And the way colleges do not protect their players. Um, Listen, an insurance policy can only do so much. What about this idea? There are services that will tell these kids, at that moment at least, here in December, 
where they project in the draft. So this is the idea of my partner, uh, Rich Ornberger, and uh, former NFL or Patriot Charger. He'll join us in preview Chargers Chiefs in a little bit. He said, what if they went and got that draft grade, and if you were a first-round grade, the colleges said, fine, we will pay you X amount of money to play in the bowl game, and a little bit less for second, a little bit less for third, on down the line, and if you're not projected to go in the seven rounds of the draft, sorry, you don't get paid, and therefore, those kids are going to want to play because they're going to want to show out and try to get into the draft. And or just play their last college game. Yeah, and they're not probably humongous difference makers anyway. Yeah. If they're not projecting to go into the end. It's an interesting idea. Here's the problem. I, first of all, I need more than X amount of money. Well, because if me, you say if, if I if I'm a first round pick and you say, okay, we're gonna pay you twenty five thousand dollars, even fifty thousand dollars, that I'm sorry. Okay. I'm about to go make millions in the NFL. It's not worth risking getting hurt. So what if they paid nothing but purchased an X amount of insurance policy, uh, which a lot of players do already anyway, but the school could fund this, and it could even be seven figures. If That's it, a little better. If it's, but... a, if it's an injury that literally makes you miss a year or more. Yeah, I more. guess you can stipulate in the con- if you stipulated in the contract how much insur- you missed. Yeah, yeah, and it was something that like if I'm a number like Sam Darnold. Yes, I mean, how much money is Sam Darnold gonna make in NFL? Right, Lots. tens. Uh, his first contract will be tens of millions. Yes, right. So the insurance policy, and it can be laddered, I guess, for lack of a better word. You know, like like yeah, it, it, if he gets injured and he misses. You know, a few weeks or if he misses a few years, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I think you could, as long as there had those stipulations in it, maybe. But I got I think it's a good idea, something that could be explored. But I got to be honest, you almost got to be crazy to play in one of these meaningless bowl games when you know you're going to be a top draft pick. Well, I don't so, want to say it that way, but I, I'm totally with these guys sitting out. So check this, like if you're Darnold. So you haven't even decided. Declared yet. Yeah. You certainly haven't declared. You supposedly haven't even decided what you're doing. Um, and there will be an equal amount that say, man, if you have decided that you're going to go, don't risk that. But then there's an equal amount that say, hey, it's another opportunity to show out for scouts. This is a big-time matchup. You don't think they know enough about Darnold? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there. I think if they, they don't, I, they got to know enough about it. They've seen a lot, but the point is a lot of people aren't convinced that he's ready. You hear that from a lot is of scouts. Is he going to do that in one game, though? Is he going to convince them? I don't know. Because he's had big Big time big games. Big no, I, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. I'm just saying, I don't think he can do anything in one game that's going to change what they think of Well, him. and if you're going to be the number one pick, you can't go up. You, no. you can't make it better, right? Okay, let me give you another scenario, because this is true for – San Diego State star Rashad Penny. He's what gonna, year is he? He's a senior. Okay. And he's going to play in the Armed Forces Bowl. He's going to play. Now, he's just wired that way. There's no way he would ever sit out. That's fine. But he's got an individual goal, and he has stated this directly to me, that this is something that matters to him a lot. He needs 107 yards for the single-season rushing record at San Diego State. Okay. He wants to go get it. It counts. A bowl game counts. Obviously, I guess. I mean. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, for the stats. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. 
So Look, that's, I'm that, not going to. But, but I mean, I, is he putting millions of dollars on the line is, to go get the record? He is. I'm not going to say, I'm going to take back saying you got to be crazy to play. Because, I look, I get it. He's competitive. I understand wanting that record. No problem. But I totally understand where these kids are coming from. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, if I was Rashad Penny's dad, would I say definitely don't play? No, nah, if he really wanted to go for the record, I, I would be fine with it. But you are taking a risk. And you would try to get some type of insurance policy, you know, as best you yeah. can. Because can't they indiv- – can he individually? Yes, yes. Yeah, they can already out. do yeah. that, and a lot of them do. Let's go to Rick in Nebraska. Real quick, Rick, we're up on time, but what do you got, man? Hey, man. Um, you know, I just want to say that, uh, you know, these, these guys that decide to skip bowl games uh, and, and to be, able, you know, be eligible for the draft and so they're not hurting themselves, honestly, that's telling our kids and our youth nowadays that it's okay to quit early. It's okay to leave early, to do – other things and not finish the, the aren't we telling that, it, uh, that college uh, aren't we tell, that school aren't we t- well hold on when a coach leaves a college for a better job is he telling people it's all it's all right to quit and break a contract he made commitments to these kids that he recruited that i'm gonna coach them we have the one and done rule that's not finishing college like you can't just put it on these kids sitting out a bowl game when they got millions of dollars on the line I'm not, and I, and I don't agree with coaches doing that either. If you're contract, contractually there and you've made commitments to kids, you need to stand up and be a man and hang on to those well, commitments. All right, so we can't, expect, we can't expect but, more from 19- and 20-year-olds than we do from the, head coaches. The, the problem is is we've set up a system, then therefore there's no way a coach can ever leave and change jobs, <laughs> and there's no way a kid can protect himself because – Nobody's going to pay this kid while he's at college. More on this coming up. All right, moving into our final hour and getting ready as we count down uh, to a very, very big NFL game that's coming up later on this evening in the Chargers and the Chiefs. We're getting to some hoops topics as well. College football and taking your calls, 877-99 on Fox. That's Bruce Sard. I'm Willard Live, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. On car insurance, geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, I tell you what, I'm totally with you. You know, the idea of paying players at the collegiate level has been so long debated. And and, and it is something that has changed, I feel like, over time. Uh, But you're going to continue to always have people uh, that have their heels dug in and say, look, you know, that's not what this is about. Um, and now I think the other side is gaining momentum, and you know there already have been changes, and there will be more. Um, but for me, when you sit here and 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 ask these players, don't call them students. Yeah. When you ask these players to do what they're doing, I think they will be compliant. They don't want to sit out, but at a certain point. It's like, listen, I'll scratch your back, but at some point, you've got to scratch mine. The college athlete right now never get his, gets his back scratched, and I know that that statement will bother some people uh, because they get a free education, and they get all of these trips, and they get all the love and all this. That's fine, but at a certain point, I mean, ask yourself, would you go to work if your company decided not to pay you? How many no. people would say yes to that? I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And um, it, it is, I, I, like I said, I cannot blame these players. Um, I'm not going to jump on the ones that do decide to play. 
but certainly the ones that don't, I, I, I understand. Here's the thing that scares people. If you begin sitting out bowl games, does that eventually trickle into parts of the regular season? Like one, we, we had this case with Jadavian Clowney yep. a few years ago. If you establish yourself as a top NFL prospect, say in your sophomore year, are you playing your junior year? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are the tops. I'm sure that that is a thought in people's minds that scares them. Well, I, I, I tell you what, the example that will always help the collegiate football team is Mike Williams. Mike Williams, who challenged the ruling, remember Clarette tried to do this as well, yep. that challenged the ruling of whether or not, you know, you had to be three years removed from school. And so they ended up sitting out a year. And look what happened to their NFL careers. I don't think you can sit out a whole year and then just be like, okay, now I'm ready to play football and everything's going to be hunky-dory. So you do have to play at some point. Um, but if your team is going for a national championship and they lose three games in October and suddenly you're eight and four, yeah, uh, yeah, do I like, okay, do I, do I need to keep playing? Um, I think one thing that would – go a long way in solving this problem. We've talked about this before. Is If you made these games playoff games, like if you had a real playoff system, I don't think now we're talking about a kid at Oregon, they wouldn't have been in the playoffs, you know, if it's 10 teams, 16 teams, whatever it is. But guys that like Fournette, you know, well, they were out of it too. I believe. Were they out? They no, were they, a, were, they would have been maybe in the playoffs. Uh, no, they wouldn't have been. They I don't think the they would have been in the playoffs. That he set out? I don't remember. It was what a ball major, was. Uh, you know. But but Stanford, yeah, but, but Stanford was in a nice ball with yeah. Christian McCaffrey. So if those games are playoff games, I think the competitiveness of the athlete would take over. Sure, and they would play, and they would feel probably more of a commitment to their teammates. I think right now their teammates understand, and maybe even their coaches. They might it might bother them, but they uh, may even understand. By the way, if I'm in that situation. I really don't care if they do understand. I, <laughs> I mean, hear this you. Is, but this is the thing. These are guys that you've gone. No you know, doubt. Some of your best friends, guys you've gone to war with for years. You know, I think you may feel some type but, of commitment. To but that. but is a meaningless bowl game still going to war? Like when? But you, that's what I'm saying. If it's you, playoff when, games, when, if yes, you made them play exactly. Games. But if you get you go to war during the Pac-12 schedule, you have a goal, uh, and if you fall short of it. Uh, then you're not going to war anymore. Like, yeah. the war's over, and you lost, and you get to go to the Vegas Bowl and, you know, get a present. Um, I hear you. So what is it you're actually trying to win? Boise State is leading Oregon in this game 38-28. to 28. There's two minutes to go. Four days from now, no one will be able to remember this score. No. Even if Oregon comes back and wins an exciting game, so what? So I understand completely that kind of old guard thought of, hey, we, you have to finish jobs, you have to be there for your teammates, that's all those things. I get it. Is there value there? Sure. But no one is covering the other side of the base, which is what do you tell a kid who stands to make a bunch of money and this is going to be their livelihood and they're going out there and putting their body on the line? No one's answered that question yet. I know you want them to play. They want to play too. If I was in college my senior year and I've already got the promise of a great broadcasting job, and I had one test left. And I could either, if I failed that test, it could take that job away from me. 
Or if I passed it, I still I would just pass it, have the pride of passing it, and still get that job. I wouldn't take the Don't test. Don't take the test. Why well, take the test? I love it. Everyone, oh, <laughs> finish the job. Okay, seniors, what did you register for in college? I, I took what bowling you, my senior year. I did too. My last <laughs> class was bowling. Why Flag didn't we, football, why, bowling. Why, why didn't we finish the job? We should have taken Tennis. calculus just to challenge yeah, ourselves. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. you're going to protect your asset. Uh, let's go to Tim in North Carolina. Tim, thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Hey, good. what's up, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I, I think it's, it's definitely setting a bad rule. You know, it, it's showing them that it's all about money. You know, so you saying the the players not playing is is saying it's all about money, right? Right, but but you know, not in a bad sense because you know if they're looking for the future and you know they can make a lot of money, take care of the families. But you can't predict injuries, you know. So are you on the? Do you uh-huh. agree with players sitting out or or not? Definitely not. Definitely oh, you're not. against it. So Tim, oh, no, you need right. money, my man. Yeah, let me poke a hole in another statement you just made. You just said something. You can't predict injuries. You can when you play football. They will happen. They will happen every time. They will happen every season. There's no NFL player that's ever gone 16 games without being injured on some level. Like we can't act like this is going to business school to try to become a CEO someday. It's not like that. There is an assumed risk in these games that's not true in other jobs. You understand, Tim? Exactly. Injuries at all in all sports. I mean, look at look at Haywood. Look at Gordon Haywood. Broke his leg first five minutes of the first season game of the season. That's you know, the thing. <laughs> when you say you can't predict injuries, that's exactly what we're saying. Like you could go out there. You've been healthy maybe all three, four years, and you go out there in your last game that means nothing, and you hurt yourself. Cost yourself millions of dollars in the NFL. Is that worth it? Exactly. And then you can go out there and have a monster game. You know. But you already. So, I don't need a monster game. I've already proven <laughs> what I can do. Come on. Look, I guarantee you, Tim. If your son and leave him, oh, okay. I want to hear what he says to this. If you had a son, you from North Carolina, playing at North Carolina, and he already is going to be a top, say, a, a first, second, or third round pick. And he had one bowl game, the Las Vegas Bowl, say, left. Would you tell him to play in that game? Or would you say, man, you're going to make millions in the draft. Why don't you sit it out? What would you tell him? That, that's tough. You know, that's tough. <laughs> that, that's, that's your answer. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, brother. Yeah, Tim, by the way, by the way, no, it's not. Exactly. It ain't tough at all. <laughs> the answer is sit this one out. I mean, you know, it's. I just think it's very easy for everybody to say, no, go out there and play. Like go I out, said, once I made it around. personal with him, he, he saw the light. Right. Tim right. saw the light. Um, all right, let's get to Sager in here. Uh, the inactives for the Chargers-Chiefs game have been released. So, Steve, what do we got? Well, we have a star cornerback who is playing for okay. the L.A. Chargers tonight. He, You know, they got a guy off just in case. Yes. They got a guy off the practice squad, Craig Mager, just in case. He is not active tonight. Casey Hayward is active for the L.A. Chargers. Part of their, frankly, the thing that they do best, and that is pressuring the quarterback from the edge and covering on the corners. The inactive quarterback for the Chargers, Cardell Jones. The inactive quarterback tonight for the Chiefs, Tyler Bray. Okay, good. So, I I wasn't expecting to see any of them. That's, so that's where Cardell Jones is. Yeah. He, oh, you didn't Remember? know that? <laughs> no. yeah. Buffalo. Anthony yeah. Lynn. Anthony Lynn went from Buffalo to the Chargers and traded for Cardell Jones the day after RG3 came in for a workout with the Chargers. Remember Cardell Jones? I, I do. Wow. 
Yeah, he's really good on you social think media. He, <laughs> does he have any like anything you see where he could one day be like a haven't starting NFL quarterback? I haven't seen it. Saw him in the preseason this year. He's Did, getting up there, too. Didn't show it. I mean, because oh, he was older. Only, it's only three years out, dude. But he was older as yeah, a college yeah, player. I mean, he's uh, – listen – um, he's plenty young if he were to show something. He hasn't shown anything as of yet. Although Anthony Lynn certainly saw something about him. He gave a draft pick to look, Buffalo Look, the him. dude had talent. Yeah. Um, so, Willard Broussard. So, that's big. Casey Hayward will play. The way I read the whole day is that the Chargers woke up. They weren't 100% sure Casey would play. So, they grabbed Ke- uh, Craig Mager off the practice squad in case Hayward went out to warm up and the leg wouldn't loosen up. But the leg did uh, loosen up enough. So, Mager stays inactive. However, I will always say this, like keep an eye on this in this game. Oh yeah. Because I've especially heard with regard to this part of the body, the Achilles. Remember Richard Sherman earlier this year? Yep. yep. Like, dude, my Achilles is sore for two, three weeks. I knew this thing was gonna pop. Uh, and I went out on a Thursday night and it popped. Yep. Um keep an eye on Casey Hayward. He's got to guard the fastest man in the NFL tonight. Now, he's up for it. He's great himself. But it's going to be interesting. But You're he, not 100%. That's right. It's going to be interesting. Um, but, again, he's been dealing with a calf injury for a month, and he's looked great during that month. So, uh, much more on that coming up. In fact, uh, my partner during the week in San Diego, former Charger Rich Ornberger, joins us in a second to help us get ready for this big game that starts in a little bit over an hour. Fox Sports Radio, that's next. Okay. Willard and Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Rich Ornberger, former Patriot, former Charger, is going to join us in just a second. My partner in San Diego during the week. Um, And uh, he'll have a lot to say about this one, that's for sure. Uh, As you heard Steve DeSager say, uh, Casey Hayward is active. I love this game tonight. This is the first of a set of like five games this weekend that are really delicious. Like there are some high-level December NFL games Is this, this weekend. Take away your fantasy football team. Okay, let me close my laptop. <laughs> All right, I'm Is listening. this – which game are you most looking forward to? Well, I think this one. I think this More one. More so than Pittsburgh, yeah, New P- England. Pittsburgh, New England doesn't feel like the end of the story. Okay. Pittsburgh, and it's New England feels like the start of that story. The Chiefs-Chargers game feels like the end of the story. For somebody. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the winner is in great yeah, shape one and them. the loser is not. Good point. Right? So Good that's – and, and it's Saturday night. It's on its own. Yeah. Like there's Arrowhead Stadium. There's a lot of juice here. Rich Ornberger uh, joins us live. Used to play for the Chargers. Go Chargers. The Patriots, Go. the Cardinals as well. My co-host on Extra 1360, Fox Sports San Diego during the week. Uh, good afternoon, Rich, and, and happy Hanukkah to you. Oh, yes, happy Hanukkah <laughs> to all, and to all a good night. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big weekend. So I don't know if you know this. On my way in here at Fox Sports Radio today, somebody uh, you and I both know, his name is Steve Hartman, is sitting here saying, like, the Chargers are totally going to choke this away. This is what always happens. Yet uh, you and I heard him on our station yesterday on Friday proclaiming that the Chargers would win this game. So I, I think there are some things that pull at one another here. Uh, the idea that the Chargers in this situation always seem to find a way to mess up, how much does that matter actually in the football game tonight? 
It matters. It matters the same way where if a team is on a bad stretch, it seems like they can't get out of the way of themselves. Sometimes they're on a bad stretch with a team, a specific team. And in this case, well, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They've faced them seven straight times, have been beaten by them seven straight times, haven't beaten them at Arrowhead for the last three years. And they're streaking right now in the right direction. The Chiefs, up until they ran into the Oakland Raiders, were streaking in the wrong direction. So this is one of those games where it really is that show-me moment for these, these Los Angeles Chargers. If they can win at Arrowhead, I think they prove to themselves that this locker room, that, that this, this group of guys who were able to pull the bootstraps up when they were looking at an 0-4 record, and they could really be playoff contenders. I, I, I think this is, this is a moment, and I do think history matters because it lingers in the back of the minds of a lot of guys who have been on those fields against the Kansas City Chiefs. Rich, there are those that think the Chiefs have righted the ship or gotten back on track with Andy Reid not calling the plays. Uh, do you buy into that, and is this a different Chiefs team than, say, it was three weeks ago? I think it looks different, yeah. And I think there's – I mean, it's small moments. It's situational, uh, slight wrinkles in the playbook, just, just sort of the cadence and the, the tendency – of the personnel and formations, how often they're using trick plays. I think, I think Andy Reid kind of hit a wall in the middle of the season where he was going to the well too much with some of the deceptive gimmick-type plays, and people were expecting him, highlighting Tyreek Hill in the backfield, doing some things with Travis Kelsey with that shovel pass look. It just sort of seemed very usual as opposed to unusual, where you were shocking people with those through five games. All of a sudden, it became rote. So I do think there was a boost of life to that offense. And Alex Smith, though, I will say this, that's been a constant performer. He's had a couple of bad games, but so does every single other elite performer across the league. But if you look at his stat line, what he's done this season, it hasn't been his fault. I think the play calling has stumbled, and it's really recovered since Andy Reid has handed over the reins. Rich Ornberger joining us, Fox Sports Radio, former Charger. So I've made this statement, Rich. I think this is the biggest game in the last five to six years for both Phillip Rivers and Alex Smith. It's likely, likely, based on scenarios, that if the Chiefs lose this game, uh, that could mean that Alex Smith is not a Chief next year. Uh, and for Rivers, if he wins it, it could vault him in the MVP conversation. However, if he loses it, he too uh, could be in a situation where the Chargers look to do something else next year. Put yourself in the locker room and the front office of the losing team, okay? Either one, what decisions do you make after this season? I think you have two organizations who are very busy with looking forward to the future. I think uh, we've heard that with press conferences uh, by Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. From the moment he walked in the door, you know, I got a quarterback room that's getting a little bit long in the tooth. That's not exactly a, a boost of confidence to a bunch of guys who are trying to throw balls around the yard and win games for you. And then likewise with Kansas City, they drafted a guy at number 10 at the quarterback position. So I think at that position especially, you have two organizations who are looking further down the road. I think Alex Smith has to win a playoff game in order for him to wear Kansas City red last, uh, next season. And I think Phillip Rivers absolutely needs to make a deep run in the playoffs for him to postpone 
them finding an heir. I think just winning a game in the playoffs isn't enough. I think they are already shopping this very uh, uh, dense quarterback class coming out of NC2A right now. And unless he can show that he's, he's a postseason player again, I, I, think, I think his number's going to get pulled too. So it's a very interesting game because the trajectory of these quarterbacks really hinges on this matchup tonight. How good are these Chargers, Rich? Because, you know, if I nitpick, I can pick apart a lot of their latest wins. I mean, Cleveland, obviously, you got Dallas at the right time. You got Buffalo at the right time with the quarterback switch. Like, are they as good as they're, they're you know, been playing lately these last two months? You know what? That's, that's such a good point. I, I want to believe in the Chargers. I really do. Uh, Chris, I want to believe in these guys because that front, that front four, they put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. The middle of this defense with Corey Toomer and Perryman, they've been better than advertised. The shell, the secondary, they played admirably. Casey Hayward on his second year looking like a pro bowler he was a season ago. And this offense, I mean, you have weapons everywhere you look. Henry at tight end, Gates alongside him, Keenan Allen on the outside, Melvin Gordon figuring it out, and Phillip Rivers dealing. This team looks like they're stacked. Uh, but here's my problem. They got one big hole on this roster, and it's at one of the more important positions on the field, and that's the kicking game, and they still haven't figured it out. You've had a revolving door at the position of kicker, and their, their, their field goal percentage has been really low. If you look at the NFL average, they're something like 20 points off. So you have an issue there. And when it comes down to three-point margins, like it does a lot in December, in early January, if you have to count on the guy to go out there in pressure situations who just put on a lightning bolt a day ago, boy, I'll tell you what, I'm hard-pressed to throw all the way in with these guys. But if they can do it in Kansas City, They'll turn me into a believer. I think, mm. you, you know, the more interesting side of the ball tonight is Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs' defense is is banged up and not that good. I'm pretty sure that the Chargers are going to put a couple of points on the board tonight. My question is the Chiefs, who went into a month-long haze seemingly throughout the month of November. They popped out, had a great game against the Jets, even though they lost. Offensively, they were good. And against the Raiders, they were pretty good. Uh, they scored 26, should have been more, had a couple touchdowns called back, things like that. So the question is that Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, Casey Hayward, Trey Boston group against the Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey group, who do you favor? Yeah, I, I mean, in this situation, I really do think this is going to be a fairly low-scoring game if it's going to be a close one. If the if the Chargers can if the Chargers can keep them to a low roar offensively and their offense is rolling, this could be a blowout. However, I saw a defensive line play specifically much better than they have against the Raiders, and that's a very talented offensive line group they have over there. Uh, when the Kansas City uh, Chiefs beat them. I saw a secondary play better than they have in a long time. Marcus Peters wasn't even out there. You had Revis Island, what looked like a rejuvenation from years past, playing great defense, only got targeted twice to his side for, for two catches, that, or, or I think it was eight times, for two catches and eight yards. I, I mean, it was a shutdown corner situation feel to that game, and Oakland was shut out going into the fourth quarter. 
So if Travis Kelsey and this Chiefs offense can get rolling against the defense, I think the Chargers lose. But if they can keep it close, if the Chargers can keep that, that offense at bay, I have a feeling you're going to see fireworks on the side of Los Angeles. I, this one's so tough to call. I'm just going to pop the popcorn, sit back, and just try to enjoy it because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just glad I don't got to be out there. The exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the temperature has dropped below 50, and us Californians, uh, we, we can't do that. So, um, That's right. Yeah, Rich, hey, man, awesome stuff. Great to talk, and uh, I'll see you on Monday, bud. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Rich. Yep, there goes uh, Rich Ornberger, former Charger, former Patriot, uh, and uh, co-host of the Mark and Rich Show on Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego, Monday through Friday. Uh, great dude. Okay, um, the Lakers. We were talking about them and Lonzo and LeBron earlier. I got another question about an actual achievable goal for the Lakers this year uh, and your thoughts on how much it actually matters. We'll do that in 60 seconds. Let's get Steve DeSager in here right now for the update. Steve, what do we got going on right now? Well, we're under 60 minutes to kick off at Kansas City with the Chiefs hosting the Chargers. L.A. star defensive back Casey Hayward with his calf injury is active. Kansas City has beaten the Chargers seven straight times, including in September this season, most notably in recent years in the finale at Kansas City to the 2014 season. That Charger team was 8-4 and going to December, wound up losing three of four in the final month, including the last game of the season at KC. And in fact, the Chargers had losing records the two years after that and then changed coaches. This is Anthony Lynn's first year as a head coach. He's going up against Andy Reid in KC tonight. Chicago's at Detroit right now and about a minute and a half to go. The Lions lead is 20 to 10 over the Chicago Bears. Matthew Stafford with two touchdown passes. In college football, six bowl games to start the postseason. Number 25, Boise State dominated Oregon at the Las Vegas Bowl, 38 28 was the final, but the Oregon offense did not score till the fourth quarter. Ducks running back Royce Freeman sat this one out. Bowl victories for Georgia State and Troy, and currently in a bowl game in New Mexico, Marshall is leading early fourth quarter, 31-14 over Colorado State. Eight NBA games, including New York hosting Oklahoma City, about to tip. Carmelo Anthony back in the Big Apple. Kristaps Porzingis out tonight with his bad knee. OKC with a record of 14-14, just won in triple overtime last night at Philadelphia. Stephen Adams of the Thunder now out tonight with a concussion. Utah is at Cleveland this evening, and as far as that matchup, well, not good for the Utah Jazz. They did win at Boston last night, but Rudy Gobert is out at least two weeks with a sprained PCL. Derek Favors out tonight. He was injured last night uh, with an eye injury. As for college hoops, Oklahoma wins again. Finally, finally this coming week, they're going to be ranked. OU wins at number three, Wichita State, 91-83. They're 8-1, people. They've beaten Oregon on the road, USC on the road. Now Wichita State, third ranked on the road. Sooners not even in the top 25 at the moment. Back to you. All right, good stuff, Steve. Appreciate that. Live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. By the way, he was talking about that Thunder Knicks game. No Chris Tapps. Uh, no Steven Adams. Let me ask you this, and it's really two-part. What do you expect and what do you think should be the reception for Carmelo Anthony back in New York tonight? That's a great question. I think they will – this might surprise you. I think they're going to show him some love. I think they're going to show him some love. And I <laughs> – yeah, I might be wrong. 
I might be wrong, but I think they will. Obviously, look, he didn't lead them to any great accomplishments as a team. But I don't know that I don't think you can blame all that on Melo. It was a bad situation all the way around there. Um, he gave them some great individual moments. They did have one great season. They won 54 and got to the second round of the playoffs. And that year he was in the MVP hunt. He may have finished third, if I'm not mistaken, that year in the voting. So I he's one of the best players in Knicks history. Uh, I mean, they haven't had a tremendous history, but he's certainly one of their better players. They have some of the big names in the history of the game. So uh, I think he'll get love, but I might be wrong. You know, I, I I sort of get the vibe that that's what it'll be as well. Like, I just don't – the venom isn't yeah, there yeah. for whatever reason, and I think that the experience – It might be some indifference. Well, <laughs> you know, like, I, I maybe, but I also think Phil Jackson is a player in this story. Good point. Good like, point. there were so many New York basketball fans that were like, hey, like, lay off Mello. My yeah. gosh, you're killing him. And and so, therefore, there's a sympathy card uh, that, that that is involved in this. I'm always fascinated by this, by the way. Guy goes back to his former team. What kind of a reception does he get? Um, I, I am not the normal sports fan. I tend to look at these things and go, look, if a guy was at our, uh, you know, one of my teams for a long time, and I had a blast watching him play. And then we get to a certain point where he, for whatever career or business decision, has decided it's time to, that he would like to go play somewhere else. I just don't. I'm not a jersey burner. Like, I'm not somebody who uh, would have killed Paul George in Indiana the other night. And Because and, and Paul George just isn't that good enough to okay. – to, to, I know it probably sounds on this show like I'm killing Paul George. I'm yeah. not. Paul's had a rough three I mean, hours here on Fox just, Sports Radio. I just don't <laughs> think he's good enough to elicit okay. that type of venom. I But look, are you going to tell me that, and I wasn't against LeBron leaving Cleveland going to Miami, but you going to tell me that those fans – you can't understand why they were saying the jersey burning and all that That's was over. The, yeah, yes. that was over the top. I understand. But for him to go back there, you couldn't understand why they would boo him. That was a special. He's a he's a hometown kid. Listen. You were your team was great. You didn't have superstars with him, but you were a great team. That I can get why they would have booed him. Sports is built on disappointment. There's disappointment almost every year for almost every team. Yep. Okay. Uh, this is a newsflash. Philadelphia is not the only city in America that thinks their team loses every year. <laughs> every city feels that way, okay? We're sitting here in Los Angeles, California, and everyone goes, wow, they got all these teams and they do so well. Ask a Dodger fan how they're feeling. Yep. It's been 30 years, yep. okay? Everybody thinks they lose all the time. So, to me, disappointment is part of the deal. I think Cleveland fans have proven they weren't ever really mad at LeBron because it took them a second to welcome him back. No, four years. It took him four no, years. No, it took him. When he announced he was coming back, there was no one that was like, nah, I hate that guy. Well, of course. Nobody. Should so, they have? But, but you're you going to tell me. It's faux You're going to tell me when he went back. No, nah, it wasn't faux outrage. It's faux. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, my point but is. But you got a chance to get the Michael Jordan of this generation back. Of course you're going to welcome him back. My point is, instead of focusing on the idea when a LeBron leaves that he owes you something because he was drafted there. Well, and because he was from there. And he's from there. You're going to tell me they should have cheered him when he came back. took you to the finals for the first time in your darn lives without any help. Like, if he had no reason to leave, 
Maybe there's something in there, but he had every reason okay, to leave. Okay, what about Durant? Same thing. He had every reason to leave? First of all, take back that he's from there because he wasn't from there. He wasn't even drafted by that city. He was drafted, he was drafted, in drafted by that franchise. Okay, fine. But does he owe them something? Like I'm did, just saying, you gonna? I, he, I'm not. I wasn't and, and, mad at either of them leave. But bo- don't tell me the fans got to cheer him both when he comes back. Not the, about cheer him, especially you, not the first time. You don't need to be putting up cupcake signs. Why not? Because the guy gave you eight years of enjoyment. Like that's I mean, listen. I'm just saying that. Look, if you want to say both of them had reasons, both of them. What was Durant's reason? Leg- you were up three one on the best the, team in NBA regular season Durant's, history. Durant's reason was legitimized by what happened the very following year. Both guys. I ask you again: Could you have gone to Golden State last year and won a championship? No, really. <laughs> no, you could have. You've not seen me jump. I, you wouldn't have had to play a second. You could have sat on that bench that team without, and got that championship. I think I can make a pretty compelling case that without Kevin Durant, that team could have probably would have lost to Cleveland in the finals. What's the case? Kevin Durant was the best player in the series. Okay. Did, did they need Kevin Durant to beat him in 2015? Did they need him to beat him in 2016? I don't think so because well, if Draymond Green doesn't get suspended, I think they win that series. But it's an if. They They're up 3-1. But they didn't win the series. There, everybody believes that team could have won a championship without Kevin Durant. Could have. Could have. Not definitely would. Durant could've. was definitely the best player. Okay. There's never a definitely would. We don't. There's not a definite that they'll win it this year. But Kevin Durant, you're right. Look, he was the best player in that that series on that on that team. I don't know if he was better than LeBron. But he was the best player in that series for the Warriors. Yes. He was the legitimate MVP. But they proved all I'm saying is he could have he didn't have a reason to no, leave. No, you know me. For me, it's a legitimate enough reason for a guy to look at me and go, cause I wanted to. Okay. So that's legitimate. But when both guys get their first ring, a hot second after they left. That's a legitimate no, it wasn't reason. a hot second for LeBron. It was a second and a half. No, nah, it, it was, was two seconds. Two seasons. Two, seasons <laughs> two years. Went to the finals both times. And, and, um, and really right. quick, by the way, they did just introduce Carmelo to a lot of cheers, by the way. Really? There oh. you go. Okay. See, New okay. Yorkers showing him love. All right. How about that? All right. We want to update uh, that situation next. We'll do the Laker thing coming up. Willard Broussard, Fox Sports Radio. You know what I Okay, so they're underway in New York. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I think this is really cool what just happened. And no, I'm not talking about you dancing. Yeah, I can even, dance, though, though. even though that is cool too. <laughs> I'm always about dancing, man. Anybody's dancing. Are you a always, dancer? I love to dance. Really? I can love you it. dance? Absolutely. You got rhythm? You saw me already. You've seen it. Come on, man. Um, I love it. If people, you know how sometimes you'll be just cruising down the street and there'll be one of those people that just has like earbuds in and they're going for a run yes. and they just let loose on the side of the street <laughs> like they don't even know that everybody else what is there. Doing. I love that. I'm like, keep doing you. Like, just don't even know. Dance like nobody's watching. <laughs> I love that. All um, right, all right, so that's all right. cool. And so is a video tribute and a standing ovation for Carmelo Anthony in his return to New York. I was glad to see Melo yeah. get love. Look, say what you want about Carmelo Anthony. I think it's interesting in our whole discussion we had about Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and and all that. Carmelo Anthony's never going to win the championship, at least not as a key, you know, main guy averaging 20 points a game. Probably won't win one, period. Dude is a first ballot Hall of Fame. Sure. 
Dude is a tremendous player. And that's my point. Like, just because you don't win a ring, we act like if a guy doesn't win a ring anymore, he's useless. And that's not the case. And I think the fans in New York chilling, cheering mellow, I think was kind of a nod in the direction of that sentiment. So yeah. I, I was glad to see it. Yeah, no doubt. I got this NBA question for you. Uh, Willard Broussard, and so glad you've all been with us today. Um, you know, everyone's waiting for the Lakers to see kind of where they are in their evolution. That was the thought before the season. Like, if the young kids can show out, maybe LeBron would want to join them. And to me, they still feel, while they look good, Kuzma's better than anyone could have thought. Uh, Ingram looks after a slow start like he's coming around. And Lonzo's fine, even though uh, I don't find him particularly, like, overly exciting. But, you know, he's good <laughs> he basketball He shot 40% player. in December, at, at I believe. Good road trip. A good, a good road trip. And um, that just shows he's improving. I yeah. mean, I don't want to go overboard. But when he's aggressive, he can make stuff happen. Yeah, good basketball player. He's supposed to be. He's the number two pick in the draft. But they feel too young to me for LeBron to want to join him next year. I wonder about this achievement. Does this resonate or matter at all? The Lakers this year have a very realistic chance. In fact, I would pick them to do so. Finish ahead of the Clippers. Oh, I was about to say make the playoffs. No. Okay. Finish ahead of the Clippers, which would be the first time the first time in six years that they finish with a better record than the Clippers. And to me, it would signal, one, you know, an improvement to the team. And two, it would signal that the world is back on its axis uh, <laughs> in that the Lakers are better. Like, I thought of it this way. Is there any NBA team that has at least one – air quotes, star, that has a worse forward outlook right now than the Los Angeles Clippers? Well, the problem is that Blake's always hurt. It's his injuries. Um, I don't want to – I like Blake Griffin's game. I think he's a very good player. Um, The answer might – I'd have to look down the list of all the teams. Let's see. Who's who's behind them that, you know, has a star? Uh, I mean, we wouldn't call Dwight Howard a star anymore because no, no. the, the outlook in Charlotte isn't, isn't very good. He's certainly not on the level of Blake Griffin. Would you call Hassan Whiteside a star? No. The, the outlook in Miami isn't very good. Um, you know, there are teams in the NBA who have, you know, very good players. And they just aren't winning. I'm looking down. This, eh, nobody really in the nobody. East. And nobody. And nobody. Nobody in the West either. I mean, the Grizzlies are, are are surprisingly bad, but there's nobody on there that's considered a superstar. Yeah, I think the problem with the Clippers. Look, I think the Clippers would have been in the playoff hunt, maybe even made it, if they hadn't had all these injuries. Blake, but also Tia Dosich. Uh, now you got Gallinari. Got hurt again. Just got back. Got hurt again. That's been their problem. I'll say this about your Lakers-Clippers thing, though. Irrelevant. Really? Irrelevant. If they make, they have a better record than the Clippers, so what? We know it was one because of injuries. Two, mm. even if they don't have a better record than the Clippers, who's the team in L.A.? See, I it's think— It's the Lakers. Everybody—nobody—especially now that Chris Paul is gone, nobody really cares about the Clippers. Well, right, but I listen, I think you're taking a, uh, uh, an umbrella view of it. You're not wrong. In the grand scheme, it is irrelevant. Uh, it's not. I just mean to the fans. Even no, if the Clippers not, have, it's not if, irrelevant to the fans. If the Clippers finish 
in 10th place in the West, which is where they are right now. Yep. The Lakers finish in 11th, say two, three games behind them. You think that really matters? Yes. Why? And just, I know I'm new to L.A., but why? It's just the way people, people still going to be more into the Lakers. It's not about their future still going to be brighter. Yeah, it's not about they still going to be the only ones in L.A. with a chance to get LeBron and Paul George. Right. But there is a very chirpy minority called Clipper fans. (laughs) And what matters to them is actually not winning championships. It's comparing themselves to Big Brother. Like you've been to Laker Clipper games. You've been to Laker Clipper yeah. games. Six years ago, both teams were playoff teams at the same time. This is Kobe Bryant was still playing. Those were, shall we say, energetic games. Yeah, but that's because the Clippers were legit. Well, it Lakers wasn't, were just, ahead it of wasn't them just about being better than the Lakers. It was actually, we, we're building toward winning a championship. That's what the thought was. Well, at the time. We had the, a top five point guard, top five power forward, top five center. Like, that's why if, if I'm telling you, Clippers fans, if you're listening, oh stop, they're not. If you're gonna get excited about finishing tenth just because you're that's ahead of no, the Lakers, not, then I'm sorry, that's it, ridiculous. It's not about being excited about finishing tenth, but there absolutely exists a big brother, little brother dynamic As there should. in Los Angeles. And but finishing ahead of Lakers this one year, this how's way. that gonna make it any better? Here's how I'll put it. Um, whoever your favorite team is in any sport, when they bow out and they're no longer in the discussion, don't you immediately pivot to, well, as long as the team I hate the most doesn't win it all, then I'm okay. That is the way that this is looked at here. What a Laker fan wants beyond winning a championship, the next thing they want is for the Clippers to remain with none. That's the thing. The Lakers. They're going to remain with none. (laughs) But I mean forever. They want them to remain there forever from now until the end of time. You may be right, but I'm sorry. Our our L.A. listeners, he is at Chris underscore Broussard. Please get at him as he's leaving the studio to let let him know. I'm sorry. You're right. Look, if the Clippers made the playoffs – then and and you, and you wow, go out in the playoffs. first round. I could take some solace in that. At least we made the playoffs and the Lakers didn't. But to to get excited when you both are terrible, you're right. And you just happen to have a little bit of a better record. Since when have things that actually matter mattered to sports fans? Come on. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.